Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show. Fresh kidneys for sale. Coming up on the next Ron and Fez Show. Gulf of Mexico grab bag. Pull out an oily bird, win a prize. Then, how fast can a six-year-old Chinese girl put together a pair of Nikes? We'll see. The Ron and Fez Show. Tonight, we burn your house to the ground. Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Right now. It is the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That's uh, us giving out a phone number that you can call and talk to us. Uh, A little later on in the show, and I'm going to do this as a... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, We will be talking the film Inception over the weekend um, with our good friend G-Baby. G-Baby. Uh, we'll be talking about Inception. He gave it an A minus. Higgs, did you see Inception over the weekend? Oh yeah, caught it on Saturday. Now, when you say you caught it, did you download it illegally or hold on, hold on? Mafia Life Chris is driving back from Florida and is letting me know. Uh, this is what he says right now. Pedro says, "Take a nap, piss, and be on your way." Oh, uh, so he's made it to south of the border for a forty-five minute power nap. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think he had to fly a grandmother down to uh, Florida, and then do that ninety-five drive home that everyone on the uh, on the East Coast has uh, been before. Uh, all right, so we will be talking about Fez Watley. You also saw Inception over the weekend. I saw it over the weekend. Yes, uh, and we'll so we'll be discussing that with. Uh, with G Baby, and you made it through the movie because I know you've been having problems with that lately. You get a little panicky in a film. Yeah, I made it all the way through. There was a couple times where I'm like, "All right, I'm just going to head towards the exit." I made sure I was on an end seat. Don't give it away, Fezzy. Mm-hmm. Don't be a trailer now. Giving away your reviews. Oh, hold on, Chris is driving. How's he doing on gas? Uh, oh, so he's sad about the reason why he had to go, but he's there to help his family. Uh, all right, so we'll get that uh, going a little later on in the uh, show, and uh, let's uh, get this one started. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Uh, we're looking for your Ichibans. Let's get over to Richie in Maryland. Richie, what's your Ichiban? What do you want to talk about today? Uh, O&A earlier today, and uh, Patrice was all about coming on your show. Not mm. that you necessarily have to have a, a second or a third mic, but uh, he said he would definitely love to be on your show, but he just didn't feel that you would necessarily want him on the show, and he was kind of looking for an invite. Uh, I'll let you know that. Uh, Patrice is actually, I think it was the second Unmasked that I ever did. Uh, I'm a gigantic fan of his, but always, and by the way, Patrice was amazing. Uh, on unmasked. Uh, he's always invited in here. I just have a tendency not to, you know, when I have their comedians and I don't want to just start lifting their, you know, comics at them uh, because, uh, Richie, I'm a gentleman. Uh, but having said that, uh, if any of those guys 
ever want to stay over and do the Ron and Fez show, they're more than welcome. I just never try to get into a bidding war with uh, O&A because, you know, that's their guys. And am I, uh, you know, going to suddenly, oh, we got Voss in today. We got, because let's face it, uh, I have lifted uh, Big A from him anytime I need somebody to uh, stutter. Um, but no, I, I'd love to have any of those guys on at any time, even though Fez Watley, stronger every day. And you can pick that up from this morning's talk because, A, he stayed all the way through a movie. Yeah, some panic, but uh, stayed. And then, uh, B, uh, Chatterbox in here today. So, strong Fez Watley, but um, love to have any of those guys. Uh, Fez, how did your, I uh, just got a call, but the guy hung up. How did your drawing go the other night? Uh, the drawing did not happen the other night. Uh-huh. So that's at $100dreams.com. So I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for another auction to All get right. into. Stay on that. I wouldn't mind looking into that a little later on in the show today, uh, as well as the fact you're going to give away some free cigars later to somebody who picks out a good box of cigars for me uh, that you have to pay off. I think either one really uh, expensive box of cigars or three boxes of less expensive. You did lose a very important uh, bet. It was who was going home on Big Brother. Doesn't matter. What matters is you're paying off cigars and a uh, a lucky winner out there could pick it up. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for that Ichiban. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's going on, guys? Um, I was just looking for uh, Ronnie B's opinion on something I kind of see both sides on, uh-huh. and that would be Michael Jordan kind of shitting on LeBron James' decision. Uh, what exactly did he say? Because I didn't hear that part of it. I heard him say that Kobe was a better player, but what did he say about the rest of it? Uh, basically, what he said is that he took a bad opportunity. Uh, Michael Jordan said he would never invite Magic Johnson or Larry Bird to come play with the Bulls, he was basically wanting to beat those guys, not team up with them. Uh, well, uh, I did see, you know, MJ was all happy to let the worm come and play with him. And there's no one he hated more than the Pistons. So uh, I already disagree with that. I, Everybody I wants to play on a great fucking team, period. I don't, I don't believe that, Michael, if, if the opportunity had, you know, come to fruition, I and both Magic Johnson and Larry Bird wanted to play with Michael Jordan, I don't think he would have turned that down at all. No, absolutely not. And, you know, they go back and forth on people where it's not a one-man show, and now they're saying, well, he shouldn't want to play with anyone else good. He should want to be a one-man show. So you can't fucking win with that. Uh, having said that, Michael Jordan's opinion is just the same as anybody else's opinion now. It's not like he is more of an expert on anybody of what LeBron should have done with his fucking career. LeBron made his fucking choice. Period. Did he do it, you know, stupid on ESPN? Yeah. But the same people on ESPN that are bitching about it also made money off that show. Um, let's go over here to uh, John, Minnesota. You're on Ronnie Fez. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Um, the uh, FIFA soccer organization is considering goal-line video now for uh, replays. Yeah, I've uh, 
you know, I, I guess I don't have an opinion on that. I don't follow the league all that much. But if they want to uh, add that, I, I never need it. I always think it's a human game. I don't even like it in football. I know you're a fan, Fez. Yeah, I like the replay. I like to see that it's, you know, that it's done right, that someone isn't getting ripped off. Again, uh, people are going to make mistakes even in replays. It's not being ripped off. Uh, you know, those whole things of whether it was a fumble or not. Hold on to the fucking football. And then there's no possibility of this. And most of the time that they're crying about being ripped off or whatever, there's normally a drop fucking pass or a missed fucking tackle, something that costs the game anyway. All games are something to do with mistakes. I know you don't want the fucking referees to necessarily be part of that, but we are uh, human beings. Uh, one less listener today, Fez, I'm happy to say. Some crybaby. Um... 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Justin, you're on fez What's up, Pampares? Yeah. I got an Ichiban. Uh, there's a 70-year-old man that plummeted to uh, his death. He got his parachute tangled with a 75-year-old man in uh, Pennsylvania. One of them still in critical condition. And, uh, Ronnie, could you bring the money back, please? I need somebody to bring me back my money, please. What is the big uh, Jay-Z show, Yankee Stadium? That's a Jay-Z and Eminem coming up later. A little, what did later. I call it? Big Jay-Z show. Oh, so it's but he's his co-host. I think it's a co it's a co-headliner. Yeah. Well, guess what? If Eminem closes, I'm leaving early because he can't fucking follow him. No. Maybe some old material would be nice to hear, though. What the Slim Shady song? You still sure. fucking comfortable with that? My name is. My name is. Now I should back him up. That Shady Forty Five right next door. Or now we just understand Shade Forty Five Fez. Yeah, just Shade. No uh, Xanax for you today, huh? No Xanax. So, did, did you bring some just in case? I, uh, yeah, I did bring some. Uh, by the way, there's this uh, great documentary out called The Rough... I think it's The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. It's Jai Knoxville, I think, uh, produced it. Uh, it's Jesco uh, White's entire family. And Fez, when they do their Xanax, when they do their Oxys, they crush them and snort them. Even the women. And I think that's what's holding you back. I think that's a big part of your uh, problem. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, and the Jay-Z Eminem show at Yankee Stadium is going to be Monday, September 13th. Well, that's a ways back, isn't it? Gonna be gonna be a little while to wait for that one. What's on Fez Watley's mind today? Non Xanax mind. Um, let's see. I was uh, there was a, a story out of Kentucky where now mothers are boycotting the Johnny Rockets franchise mm -hmm. because a woman was asked not to breastfeed by the manager out on the patio of Johnny Rockets, saying that she was disturbing uh, other patrons. She said, "I have every right to do this." Uh, is she protected by the law? Yes. Uh, according to her, that the law says that it, well, she, she can do it anywhere she wants. I, I've never seen anybody uh, make a big deal of it. I know it's one of the things that freaks you out. 
these stories pop up of what, three, four times a year? Oh, absolutely. Same opinion as you did the last times on it? Against it. Um, let's go over to uh, Chris, Arkansas. You're on the Ron Fest show. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the uh, whole LeBron-Jordan uh, thing. Jordan was at the Bulls during the Phil Jackson days, you know, and that was all about surrounding himself with the biggest players they could. I mean, that's what Phil Jackson does. But also acting like, uh, you know, I mean, he walked out on his city to go fucking play baseball, too. Exactly. He, in yeah, in Bradenton or some crazy, line. Sarasota, like, some crazy baseball. shit. I guy's rookie card once. Yeah, exactly. I he saw him play a couple times. But he left for it because he thought he could make a name somewhere else, too. He was all about the money, you know? Um, yeah, I saw him play a couple times. And the funny thing about Michael Jordan, zero bat speed. I mean, he had the fucking slowest bat speed I ever saw. And he was missing fucking fastballs by like a second and a half. It was kind of funny. Um, and then also oddly sad just to see a guy outside of his comfort zone. It's great. <laughs> but, you know, I have no problem with him having his opinion about LeBron. But everybody should act like they should stop, you know, acting like it's the only opinion. Um, I just think LeBron's getting his shit beat out of him for something that teams do all the time. Um, Marshall in Detroit calling about the Jay-Z M&M show. Uh, Hicks, he's calling from Detroit. Whose side do you think he's going to be on? <laughs> Go ahead, Marshall. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you you hit the nail right on the head there, Ronnie. Absolutely. Uh, if we're keeping score, you know, Jay-Z versus Eminem, Eminem's got more hits than Jay-Z, and quite frankly, as a black guy, I think he's more talented. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that one years. song that they use for the M NFL. I don't know whether it's the Nine Mile song or whatever, but every NFL team's using it before they go out now. Um, Brad, Atlanta, you're in front of us. Hey, Ronnie, just want to let you know I saw Robert Randolph this past weekend in Kentucky. The new album does not disappoint. They did it awesome. They rocked it out. Yeah, it's an amazing new album that he has. T-Bone Burnett uh, produced it. And by the way, Robert Randolph, during the commercials, was guaranteeing me that LeBron was coming to New York City. Um, had it on good authority. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Paul, New Mexico, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, I, before we go running around comparing anything Jordan did with uh, LeBron, I mean, he won three... Before he had Tony Kukoc or Robin, he had uh, three titles in the bag already. You look at the guys that played with him, no one ever did anything before or after, including Scottie Pippen. Well, wait a minute. Uh, you could also before. say the same thing about Michael Jordan. He didn't have any championships before or after Scottie Pippen, correct? No, that's correct. Uh, I mean, is Scottie Pippen, it, was Scottie Pippen part of the Wayne fifth, Wayne? was Scottie Pippen part of the 50 greatest players of all time? Yeah, he was. You think yeah. he's considered there now? So, yeah, he's still on the fucking list. He got a no, fucking he got a trophy. That, What's that? Would you consider after what happened with him with Portland and Houston after he left Jordan, knowing what you know now, would you still consider him one of the fifty greatest? Am I supposed to run Jordan down for the way he played with the Wizards? No, I mean he no. was a bazillion years old. But how much how much younger was fucking Pippen than him? Those guys peaked together. Is Michael Jordan the greatest fucking player of all time? Yes. Did he have the greatest coach of all time? 
Yeah. Did the greatest coach put together this fucking team and offensively put it around Michael Jordan? Yes. It takes more than one player. That's what fucking LeBron said. Where would I be without Fez Watley? Running, gunning, grabbing fucking boards, dishing me all day. Of course I'm going to play the way I am. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over to uh, Greg. You're on Ron Fez. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, boys? Hey, I just wanted to comment on the uh, the Whites movie there from West Virginia. One of the most fucked movies I've ever seen. The one chick's voice that's like wicked low down and yeah. Jessica White has got some sort of hillbilly charisma. It's hard not to fucking like that guy for some reason. He's really a neat character. Well, the whole family is just uh, batshit, fucking <laughs> crazy. And, like, I, I think I've talked about this before in the show. White people can be the scariest fucking people. When they get up in the hills and they get their own way of doing shit. And uh, I've been in places where there's white people where I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, when I went down to Florida a few times, I met some of the scariest people ever. Those, like, transient homeless guys, not even, you know, mountain people, beach mm -hmm. people. But Florida is a great example. Because you're on the beaches, you're like, yeah, I'm in Florida. Drive in anywhere in Florida 12 miles. And you're like, where the fuck am I? And those guys, they'll like take little uh, boats out at night with a flashlight. And uh, they see like eyes and they just fucking grab. And it's like a little gator. And they just go grabbing gators in the middle of the night. And they're hooping and hollering and shit. That's what they do for fun? Yeah, it's like a fun, it's like a double dog dare you. But the you got to see this. Because the women are like this. I like a Roxy Cotton, and I'll bust a man's ass. Don't I think so. I saw the trailer for it. He's like shaking the pills like this is the mating call. Or yeah, this, yeah this is the man. mating call for West Virginia. He's just fucking, I'll blow you for a couple of them Roxies. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Rick in Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. I've been thinking a lot about this uh Feds is panic attacks. Just like Linus needs his blanket to bring out the best of him, we need Joe Poo back on the line. I eat my own poo. Fez. Yeah. He was... I never laughed more than hearing the interaction between Fez and Joe Poo. Fez had a little bit of a Joe Poo thing there for a while, and then you're the one who got mad at him. Oh, yeah. You yelled at him once and he never came back, right? Isn't that the way it happened? That's that's exactly how it happened. I had forgotten about that. And I'm trying to remember what I even yelled at him about. Oh, uh, you thought he was a slacker when he wasn't on mic. You thought he just got comfortable in front of the mic and then didn't do any work off of. And uh, that he had started wearing sunglasses. He got a little bit of heat, so he put sunglasses on all the time and was walking around. You thought he was rock starring. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Uh, Jamie, West Virginia, you're on Renifest. Hey, uh, I think another one of the reasons that Michael Jordan probably couldn't get something together with uh, Magic and Larry, he was a dick. Nobody liked him. People like LeBron. People want to play with LeBron. Michael Jordan was just a dick to everybody. But guess what, you know, and I'm going to fucking defend this, a lot of guys that are dicks are the ones that win the championships. Some guys just have to win, and they're crazy if they don't win, and, uh... LeBron doesn't seem to be one of those guys. LeBron doesn't seem like to uh, get angry. 
at all uh, when he loses. Uh, Ryan, Wisconsin, you're on Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, I just saw on TV there, I think it was down in Hillside, New Jersey, it said they got to put up a billboard up there that says, My life, my death, my choice. I guess it's causing quite a stir with the locals down there. They don't like the message it's broadcasting to the hipsters. Uh, so the point is what? I'll kill myself when I want to? I don't get it. What? What is the point of this billboard? Uh, there's some group on there that has a website. I didn't catch the the bottom of the billboard when they showed it on TV, but it's just for, like, you know, you can take your own life and you should be legal and no one should care about it if you kill yourself or not. I think it would have looked better if they would have just jumped off the billboard, just left the billboard blank and then a bunch of them left off there. And I'd be like this. That's a great fucking ad. Uh, Chris, Jersey, you're on my fez. Hey, uh, yeah, about the breastfeeding thing, I, I don't, I don't see any problem with uh, breastfeeding in public. Some people are bothered by, it, but I don't know. You're like, you can almost get, you can see a free city. A lot of those women are pretty, uh, pretty hot. There, uh, again, if you see a woman breastfeeding, they normally like throw a blanket up over it. They're not just sitting fucking swinging tit out. But for some people, it just makes them nervous. To me, a baby has to eat. What am I to do? Stop a kid from eating? To me, it just gnarls me. And again, a lot of things gnarl you, though. You don't like to see old people eat. No, that gets to me, too. That skeeves me out. But I think it's another situation where it's like, because I don't have kids and I'm not married, I have to watch some... I have to be there for breastfeeding. Well, why do you make it all just about you? It really has nothing to do with you. If you're so uncomfortable with it, why don't you just get up and walk out? You know, you don't have to fucking eat at the Johnny Rockets patio. It's not that big a deal. Because I'm not the I'm not the one that's making people uncomfortable. But at the same time, there are people very uncomfortable with gays eating or gays kissing. And should they say, why should I have to put up with it? Yeah, you have to put up with it because you live in a society. It's not fucking Fez Planet. It's not Ron Planet. We interact with different people all the time. Just because you get a little fucking skeeved at something that you don't want to see, the female breast, doesn't mean that you even have to look at it. What are you doing staring at her big tit? It's hard I, not to I, notice. I think it's easy not to look at someone. And a baby does have to eat. And it's better for babies the way, the way you grow up with fucking, you know, formula. Oh, yeah, I was never breastfed. Um, let's go over here. Brian, you're on my face. Hey, Fez, if men could reproduce and they had to suck cock to feed their babies, would you like that? I would, uh, I would also do that uh, out of the way, out of the, out of the restaurant view of other tables. So you equate a baby uh, having breast milk with a man sucking a cock? If that was the way that a baby had to eat. Well, it isn't. Let's try to stay in the reality that we have now. Let's not go into the inception dream world. You know the way a baby has to eat. Right. Uh, a woman does it. You could choose to look or not look. You're saying you can't not look. Right. right? Um, 866. And you're not getting where I'm going there. You're not getting that you don't have to look. 
Oh, I understand that, but it's still going on in the middle. And once you know it's going on, to me, it's kind of hard to eat my meal. Um, Bruce, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, my wife's actually breastfeeding now. We just have we have a two month old, and uh, you know, it, I I feel sorry for Fez. You know, I I know you gotta eat and do your thing, but sometimes the baby's got to eat, and the baby's got to eat right then and there, or you're going to have a crying baby, and uh, so sometimes you got to make those kind of hard choices, and as long as you do it discreetly, put a blanket over the baby's head, over and the breast. I, I, it seems to me that this, Bruce, some people sexualize it, you know what I mean? Like, right. when people that have a problem with it, they tend to sexualize it. It's not a sexual act. It is also not a bathroom act. It's not the same as taking a piss or taking a shit. Uh, it's ex- it's exactly what it is, a baby feeding. Now, perhaps you're uncomfortable with nature, whatever. Turn your head, don't look, or at least fucking say to yourself, I'm not going to eat here, I'm going to go somewhere else before you're expecting that mother to take her baby somewhere else. Um, Pete, Massachusetts, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, since when do you eat in restaurants? You take all your shit and you go home and sit by yourself in your room. That is true, Fez. You really don't eat out. And I think if a, uh, a woman comes into your apartment while you're eating, starts breastfeeding, I want you to call 911. And have her removed. I'm going to back you up there. Thank you. Um, oh, here's your buddy, Robin Toronto. Hey, buddies. What do you Before want? Stay up here. Fez and babies have a lot in common. They cry every day, like Fez cried all last week. They need temperamental love. All right, we get the point. Thank you. Goodbye. And at age 18, they still live at home. It's nice to hear from north of the border. What else you got on your mind over there, Fezzi? Um, that there was a um, university that uh, talked about they decided to make a mathematical formula for the perfect handshake, which they say includes things like um, a firm grip, where they also need a complete squeeze, a dry palm, three shakes maximum when you shake a hand, and held for uh, from two to three seconds. No more, no less than that. And eye contact kept the entire time. Well, here's the problem, though. The firm handshake, what do you do now? Because women always want to shake your hand in the workplace. And I tend to give them just the hand, no firmness. And then sometimes um, they're like, that's your handshake? I go, honey, you don't want my real handshake. I'll crush your fucking hand. You got to, like, drape the hand, almost. Like, let them just feel it out. Yeah, like here. Here's the hand. Here's the hand I jack with. Go ahead and hold it. And three shakes seems too much. I don't think I ever uh, shaken three know, times. It's not on my mind right now. Fezzy, come over and give me, All like, right. uh, Ron Beddington. Fez Watley. Uh, that seems a little... I, see, I don't even know if I like a shake. I like to just give the grip. Yeah. You're shaking, I'm not. Just yeah. give me the grip. And there's a couple men. See, I can't do the eye contact. I have such bad hand-eye coordination that I have to follow my hand in and your hand right, coming let across. Let me watch you do it because I didn't notice. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I try to go back up to your face, but I have to look at the hand or I'm going to miss. Don't do yourself a favor. Why did you blink your eyes when you shook hands? I don't know. You blink when the hands grab. A French? Right. No. How are you? Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. Ow! My knuckles! My knuckles! Ow! That's too firm! This means I'm going to have an advantage in the business we're going to be talking. I'm tapping <laughs> out! Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm a fan of the shakes. No, Too much like shaking a dick. Yeah, it's almost kind of gay. I think three seconds Way seems too long. Gay. Uh, speaking of which, we are ready with this uh, Bruce Valanche uh, thing coming up later on today? Yeah, we're good. Uh, I looked into his career. I'm very uh, excited about doing this one. He's done a lot of wacky shit. He's done a lot of wacky stuff. But I would like to see him in a nice solid t-shirt. I don't know if we're going to get that. Always try to make eye contact where you can, Fez. Yeah. Um, it's good in business to look somebody in the eye. Or else you look like a fucking crazy person. I didn't even realize that I was not making eye contact till I thought about this. That eye contact should be maintained the entire time. Yeah, eye contact should always be maintained the entire time that you're meeting somebody new. Because that's the way human beings read each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I also can't pull off the dry palm thing either. Why don't you just give a pound? You know, see, the thing is, with the handshake, there's so many germaphobes now that I try not to be the one who gives the handshake. Because if you're trying to have a connection with someone, you don't want to put them into uh, their worst fucking nightmare, being touched by a stranger. See, I'll also overcompensate on the handshake. I'll also bring in my left hand sometimes um, on top of the top right. of their hand. Let me see that. See, I... Making um, a hand sandwich. I think that thing that you're doing would only be done for sympathy, or maybe we've sealed the deal and you can trust me. That's not the meeting handshake. Here, do it, Ron Bennington. Yeah, I don't like to say... See, the, the thing about that is it's almost like a hug. And there are fucking people now who want to give a hug on meeting. That's far too much. I think hugs are reserved for, uh, you know, dad died. Um, here's uh, Pete, Kansas, Sherman Fest. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you 100% on the shake. I think the shake is for the guy that it's submitting and giving up. You yeah. I agree Dan starts out real firm, and then the guy that goes harder and harder, and the guy that shakes is the guy that wants to quit. Now, as far as the firm handshake goes, uh, do you agree with me that you wouldn't go as firm as you would with a man when shaking a woman's hand? Yeah, when I go, when I shake a woman's hand, I don't even get her by the palm. It's just like below the knuckles on her hand, and just kind of like a little, you know, how do you do kind of a thing. And what about this Watley feeling of bringing in the hand sandwich? Uh, yeah, just like you said, that's when, you know, like if you're shaking somebody's hand at their dad's funeral or their mom's yeah. funeral. Like, See, I. Kind of like a hand dog. I thought it was along the lines of, I'm really glad to meet you. I'm like shaking your hand twice. Yeah, but why are you really glad? You have to be careful with that. Because normally, you are you know, you shake hands when you meet somebody, and that's going to set a tone. But well, I think that we're generally talking about a business situation. I don't think in a business situation you want to come on as overly warm or overly submissive. 
I think you're saying, I acknowledge you, we're here, we're going to sit down and start talking things over. Uh, the shake uh, makes me nervous uh, because I, I agree with the last caller. Oh, look, I'm shaking. The fuck's that, man? What are you, fucking petrified of this? And the other thing, Fez, that I, uh, I don't understand how this could be mathematical. Where does math play a role in this? I think what they were trying to do is figure out the formula for the perfect amount of firmness and the Again, exact length. Here's the problem. All human beings aren't the same. You have to improvise totally. Uh, are you going to shake the hand of Hicks's, if Hicks comes over, this is my best friend, aren't you going to, to treat that person differently as if sales brought in a new client? Or you were meeting somebody who did, you know, was starting a new radio show. I don't think you want to treat every situation as it was the same. That's my uh, problem with acting like there's one perfect way to do it. Um, Ron Kennedy, you're on my face. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, Fezzy, selling like 100 bucks today. I'll take uh, it. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just uh, saying that the, the bro shake, I fucking hate the bro shake. You know, why can't uh, guys just shake hands like a, a man instead of like a fucking gangster all the time? Well, you know again, particularly, you know, if two guys want to have their own funny fucking J.J. Walker shake, that's between them. But I don't think you bring that into the uh, business world. Graham and P.A., you're in run Fez. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Um... I was calling to say, when I go to shake a girl's hand, I shake it the same as I would shake a dude's. And sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised when they give me a firm handshake. I uh, I really respect that. Uh, um, you know, you will uh, see this, that, yeah, some women really like it. Some women in business go out of their way for their real firm handshake. But when a woman gives you a firm handshake, uh, it's her way of saying... We, uh, I have no interest in sex with you. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you meet a woman under social circumstances and she grabs your hand like a lawyer, you're like, well, that one's out the fucking window. She's already given that off. Um, it is an interesting thing though, because I think I err on the side of not treating them the same way I would another business person and that might fucking put them off a little bit because i don't like to go in there with a firm handshake you know women have delicate hands doesn't mean that they're not fucking good at other things but i don't want to fucking um i don't want to crush your hand um 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ now i'm going to give you one that actually i don't like uh when i see happen and jay leno does it Come on over here, Fez. All right. Jay Leno will do this on the show all the time. He'll do the hand, and then he takes the left hand, pushes it on the shoulder. And I always thought, and if you watch him on the show, uh -huh. he'll, he'll touch his guest's shoulder all the time. Oh. And I think, psychologically, that gives off a, I have you in control. It's almost like in basketball, when you keep a hand on another player, you're trying to tell him you're not welcome to go into this direction or that direction. I think it comes off to me um, that way. Now, he might think, I'm sure if you ask Jay Leno, he'd be like, no, I only mean it with the warmest regards, blah, blah, blah. But when two men line up together, 
you know, there's always going to be a little bit of competitiveness. It's, like it's a, he's above him. Yeah, it's part of nature. Not only above him, but I'm not going to let you go anywhere else. You know, it's uh, this is where I am, and this is where uh, you are. Eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. Uh, Chris in Jersey, you're a manifest. Uh, yeah, you're talking about uh, shaking hands, and one thing you're neglecting uh, to say is, you know, when you shake an old man's hand, it's very similar to shaking a woman's hand, except that at one point in his life he did shake like a man, but now he's past his handshaking prime. So how do you approach that? I tend to go in too hard, and then I crack the guy's knuckles. You know, he has all the like gnarled or fingers. I don't, I don't know what to do there. There's such a thing in life, and I, I think that you always want to do. Uh, is match the person that you're with. You will hear me doing it in interviews, uh, and then you, uh, because you're trying to get that person to a point of comfortability. Sometimes people are way high, you you come in way high with them. If they're way low, you come in way low with them, and then you try to you know put it to a, a sensible level. But you give them a, a moment of security there. You got to be careful. And I, like I said, I err. I'm pretty sure on the side of women when it comes to shaking hands. With an older guy, I certainly don't want to disrespect him by throwing him a fucking cold fish, Chris Stanley handshake. I'll try to match him if I can. Um, Eric, you're on a fist. Yeah, hey, buddy. Hey, uh, I dated a girl right out of high school, and she warned me ahead of time. She said, my father is half Indian, and he will determine if we're allowed to go on a second date based solely on your handshake. She said, when he squeezes your hand, she said, if you show the slightest flinch or otherwise, that's it. We'll only go on one date. And when he shook my hand, I, I'd have thought I was, my hand was stuck in a vice. And I had to match him for it. Right. And I've since been told it in some, a lot of cultures, it's like that. You know, you, you, that's how they determine, you know, I, I, maybe so much a little bit of strength, you know, manliness, et cetera. Right, but again, it's uh, let's look at it from him's point of view. He's giving off such a competitive fucking nature. He's basically saying, "Is your handshake strong enough to put your penis in my daughter?" That's fucking sick. That's fucking weird. You don't want to line these things up all the time like this. Um, here's uh, let's go over here to um, Eric. You're in my face. Eric. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie, uh, what do you think about the handshake with uh, the grab of the elbow with the opposite hand or the pad on the shoulder that goes with the handshake? Again, did uh, are we celebrating a deal? Are we, you know, have we come to agreement on something? Yeah. Then I'm okay with Fez Watley's throwing in because it's like a fake hug there. Mm -hmm. But to do that before, that's to act like we're intimate when we're not yet. Uh, the I'm throwing my hand over to the elbow. That's saying we've come to an agreement. We're friends on this. I don't think you do it right off the bat. Uh, Pat, you're on a fez. Hey, Mr. Bennington. How yeah. you doing? Um, I was taught by etiquette experts that when you're shaking a woman's hand, go like you would a man, palm to palm, but let them dictate how firm you squeeze their hand. You know, you match their firmness with that. And don't go like... Two pumps is fine. And uh, second thing, really quick, I just hate when you're going to shake somebody's hand and they grab too quick and they got your fingers, so you look like, you know, some sort of palsy guy trying to shake their hand and get out of it to reset. 
It's always awkward. Yeah, the whole that. thing is, it should not be about awkwardness at all. It should be about comfort. I do that thing with the fingers. It happens to me a lot. And then I end up, like, trying. See, I go in, and you got my fingers, and I, I have in your palm. And then I will actually try to get my palm back in there, kind yeah, of snuggle it in. Yeah, you can't start wiggling your fingers around because that's a, that's a sign of sexuality. Steve and Phil, you're in Memphis. Steve, we got you. Uh, he wanted to bring up the all-important uh, shaking hands with a woman. That, to me, is uh, the toughest call of all. Uh, look who it is. It's hard, uh, Rock Johnny. Hello, boys. Yeah. The dead fish is the worst handshake ever. It's almost like creepy when someone doesn't shake their hand. Like, yeah. Just, but, uh, I mean, there's so many. I've actually done a couple of classes through work that, like, the whole body language thing. And, mm -hmm. and it's really big in politics, the handshake, where it's the hand over the top is like a that, big power sign. That's like the big, big power sign. Because you can't, once you put the hand over the top, he can't really put his other hand over yours. Then it's kind of like going up the bas you know, the baseball neck to get to the top of the knob. It's but like, see, that's why we don't feel trusting of politicians. Uh, and a preacher will do the same thing. Well, they'll throw the hand over the top of it, mm -hmm. and it's almost like they're saying, my son, to you. You know, like when a fucking priest will say, my son, right away he's saying, look at the relationship the two of us have. I am the father, you're the son. And all these things in business, where you sit at the table, how you sit, uh, mean something. I mean, really, to this day, you'll go into a board meeting, and who's ever sitting in the daddy's chair is in charge. No matter who's running the meeting, who's ever sitting in that fucking spot is in charge. It's the, it's the same thing with photos. If you look at photos, you always want to be to the right in a photo because the right is the power position. That's the dominant position. Uh -huh. So when you look at politics, you always try to see the like the president's always on the other on that side. And and there's you know there's times where they set it up that they they set it up that way. You'll never see a picture of the president with someone not on the on the in the dominant position over the president. Now, Hard Rock Johnny, you go. You're a handshake into a hug guy. I like the hug. I'm a, it, it depends on who it is, though. I right. Mean, in business situations, do you do a hug or you stay away from that? No, I stay away from that in a business situation. Because I can't imagine you uh, down there at the Hard Rock just fucking grabbing people, <laughs> rubbing up against them. It's too much. It depends on who it is. I mean, if it's someone I know and, you know, we're close, I might. But, you know, I, I just uh, I think it's more of a regular business handshake. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Fez now claims that this university, and he went out of his way not to say a study today, uh, mathematically came up with the perfect handshake. Um, I'm here to say it can't be done. You have to read each situation that you're in. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you go through, Fez, Uh-huh. Uh, where your hand is here and you're watching your hand. What do you think that tells you about you? Um, that I'm being very cautious. Who are you paying attention to in that situation? I'm paying attention to me to make sure that my hand gets in there correctly. Right. So when you're paying attention to yourself, right, how much attention can you be pay paying to the other person? Oh, not very much. Right. So that thing would, would tell me normally you're self-involved with it uh you meet other people and there are quite a few uh i think doing our mass there's been two or three comics tend to be a little fucking crazy uh paul mooney is not a handshaker uh deal or no deal howie mandel is not a handshaker and they'll immediately go 
uh, here, here's a pound. I only do the pound. And it tells me right away, it's only about them. They don't care if the person that they're meeting has a ritual. They're saying, my thing supersedes anything else around me. It's all about my own comfort. So, again, it's a uh, fucking dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Rich. You're on the Run Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie. I think it's amazing that such an archaic ritual has lasted so long. But it's interesting. You have, on the one hand, it's, it's almost like an intimate act. You're giving someone your hand. They're giving theirs to you. But then... On the other spectrum, and what Hard Rock Johnny brought up, there's that, that political handshake. Like, uh, there's a great song by Bad Religion. It's a group, Bad Religion. It's called The Handshake. And the first, like, two lines, it says, like, the handshake is nothing but a subtle fuck you. And that's, like, the, the, the political aspect of it. So it's really amazing. Plus, I try to avoid it. I mean, it kind of spreads germs. And, you know, there I, are, I try there, to avoid it if I can. There's a lot of germaphobes out there. So when you don't... Uh, recognize that again it means you're focusing on yourself and the germaphobes are I put them over with women they're in the exact same place as women and uh, my old partner in uh, Florida Ron Diaz great big guy you know fucking health not always worked out and he would have the soft handshake and people would always bring it up to him but again he didn't want to go around crushing fucking people's hands. You know what I mean? Like, it was his way of saying... And he wasn't crazy about... You know, he was a little bit on the germaphobe side as well. Uh, but when people call into the thing of... That's the way you shake hands, Fez? You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. what What are you doing? You're do They're also trying to get the one-up on you. They're trying to fucking play that game of, look, now I'm going to notice a weird thing that you fucking did. Um... 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Now, we do have to remember that the handshake, and he said it's archaic, and it definitely is, but it was always the sword hand. It was a way of saying, I'm offering you safety. I'm putting my sword hand out there instead of drawing it. Um, here is uh, Jeff, Jersey, you're on my fez. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Yeah. So listen, I'm curious. I gotta changing the topic slightly. When, when do you know when you're supposed to kiss somebody to greet them? Like you know, you, it's a new, if it's a acquaintance you've met once or twice, or your friend's girlfriend you've never met, or like what do you do? Again, I would match that person's comfortability. Uh, there are some women that don't want to be uh, kissed on the cheek. There are some women that do. It really shouldn't be up to the guy whether, hey, I want to get a kiss here. It's got to be the woman's comfortability. Now, I can say, I'll never kiss somebody's chick. You can see a lot of women like, give me some sugar. I got ass. You know, and you're like, I don't even know what any of this means. You and this fucking need to be touched. Um, you, um, Lou Angel Wolf, big hugger. Fez Watley, you, only like, you don't like to hug meeting people, but you like to hug when you're feeling bad. Yeah, yeah, then it feels like, all right, that's, that is a more, I don't know, uh, natural time to hug, I guess. But, that, but that's bringing out the infantness in you, don't you think? That's like a baby, I hurt, please hug me. Where I feel like I hurt, 
let me drag my fucking carcass and die out in the fucking woods where nobody can see me. You know? No one needs to see that. No one needs to be around me when I'm fucking hurting. I'll lash out at you. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Joe, as Virginia, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, yeah, guys. Uh, I got a friend who, when, when you go to shake his hand, you're walking up to him. You're six feet away. He's already got his hand open, and his elbow is cocked out like 90-degree angle, like he's ready to fire the hand out. Then he does this monster handshake. It almost scares me sometimes to come up and shake this guy's hand. Um... There is uh, an old magician named the Amazing Kreskin that I had on the show before. And he has the world's like strongest handshake and then crazy shake. And he does it to everyone. And people will actually start laughing uh, while he's shaking their hands because it's so insane. But what he does is completely come in and have all the focus on the room on him. And have people thinking about, and here, give me your hand, Fez. We'll shake like this. Hey, good to see you. And I mean, that kind of a shake. And you saw right away, you're laughing, not right. out, of, out of fun, but embarrassment. Like you got suddenly put on an amusement park ride. And now, as you're thinking what's happening there, he starts to, um, you know, use his suggestions, power suggestions, light hypnosis, whatever you want to call it, but he he will take over that room. Now, obviously, you're going to be known as, you know, a nut for doing that, but he's okay with that. He goes, that's, you know, I want to dominate every fucking room that I walk into. Um, again, you think some of this stuff doesn't matter. In business, it certainly does. In business, it certainly matters. Um... I have the name down as Busan. Busan, oh, you're on the Yeah. Busan. 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 There you go. Busan from Serbia. I miss, uh, I miss Nurse Mara. Anyway, Uncle Ron and says, a man should shake a man's hand firmly. That's how I was raised back in the day, old school Serbia. And I, used, and I was also taught to kiss a woman's hand. Right. And there's no germs being spread that way. Whoever says that is a pussy and has a weak immune system should die anyway. Now, I understand what you're saying, Busan, but also remember this. You're not in old school Serbia. So you're fucking, you're, if I was just meeting you, right, and I saw that you're doing old school Serbia things, it would immediately put me, you into a place with me. And if it was under a business situation, I'd be saying to myself, this guy cannot adapt. You know, if you were looking for a sales job... And I have a guy who can't adapt, and he's going to go around and tell people, let's do it the old school Serbia way. I was taught this way. It's my only way to believe. That's a lot to fucking tell me about a person, particularly when you're in a fucking world where technology changes the way things are done every three to four fucking years. You have to be very careful with the, I was raised this way, so it's the only way to do things. It's also even more aggressive, I think, than the putting your arm on the shoulder or the elbow. I mean, you're really, it's like, I, if the guy doesn't wince, it looks like that's what your objection is. Well, you're saying, I am a physical person, I have great strength, you can trust into me, you can trust my word, I get all that. Um, but some people are going to take it as, 
he's trying to show me that, you know, he has enough power to hit me. There's people that have all um, different fucking angles of looking stuff. You just can't take it as the way that you were taught by your dad or your grandfather uh, is the only way. Kevin, North Carolina, you're on running fest. Yeah, I was uh, meeting one of my wife's relatives, and uh, <clears throat> he had three fingers, and he went in for a handshake, and it was just kind of awkward, I thought. But what would what would you rather him do? I don't know. He was he was doing it as being funny, you know. And I would just, you know, of course I shook his hand, but I just thought it was kind of awkward. Um, if you shake people's hands, you will run into people missing digits. Uh, again, I'm going to bring up uh, Ronnie D. He had a problem with this, so. You know, in Florida, meeting tons of listeners. I'm not going to fucking lie to you here. Most of the listeners were missing fingers of some kind or another. As soon as I shook somebody missing a hand, I immediately pulled them over, introduced them to D, so I could see him, you know, fucking freak out by it. Uh, And then he had a thing because he called listener grease and would have to go in and scrub up like a surgeon after we did any kind of gig. He would just be fucking just soaping himself up to his armpits. Um, Were most of the fingers missing from the gator uh, hunting? It could be gator. It could be any kind of a thresher. It could be dares. You know, I'll cut my fucking ring finger off. And it's another way the police will deal with you. They'll cut off trigger fingers down there just to keep the society safe. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah, we're going to let you go, but we will take a trigger finger. Florida is one fucked up place. That's where I picked Fez up down there. It was either a Fez or a fucking box of tangerines. And to this day, I think I picked the wrong thing. It's the repartee that works for us. Going to take a break here. Uh, back in a few moments. We're going to be talking with G-Baby about the movie Inception. And I will say this. There are going to be... Uh, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's not for the people who um, haven't been part of this. Hold on. Laura from Virginia wants to ask about the cultural differences. Yes, Laura. Hey, guys. So, yeah, I was just calling because I wanted to kind of put a woman's perspective on it. So, with handshakes, especially since I was raised in the South, and even just, like, general just greeting things, I kind of wait for the guy to lead, so... If it's going to be like a hug or a handshake or am I going to open the door? Or are you going to open the door? I kind of wait for a guy to lead on that. Now, be, and, now, do yeah. you do you think that that's different between southern people and northern people? Yeah, because I work in New York City now, and it's definitely different. Like, I think guys kind of wait, you know, what you were saying, like mm-hmm. trying to see what I'm going to do. But then it just gets really awkward and confusing because I'm waiting for them. So I've definitely had awkward moments at work where I don't know what to do. What kind of business are you in? Uh, HR. All right. One of the things that I would recommend, you lean in left hand, cup the balls, stroke the cock with the right hand. <laughs> that that might be getting me in a little bit of trouble in HR, but it's an idea. <laughs> it is a way of going about it, though, isn't it? It's just one way of being. I think they get really excited to come work for me. They would be. Uh, you're the sweetest, Laura. Thanks so much. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Southern women definitely want to kiss more. And you got to be careful with, like, when you live in New York City, like Puerto Rican women, especially, when they come in from the hug, 
you're like, am I going to get stabbed in the kidneys? It's just, just the opportunity to open my kidneys up. Uh, we'll take a break. Right back. Lots to do today, including talk very deeply and with spoilers about the movie Inception by Chris Nolan. It's the Ron Fez Show. Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. The Ron and Fez Show. Sirius 197, XM202. Virus. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're about to uh, talk about the movie Inception with our movie reviewer, G-Baby. Uh, and we wanted to say spoiler alert because we wanted to be able to talk about the film in depth a little bit. So, if you haven't seen uh, Inception, give us about a half hour or so. Consider this the same thing as if Fez Watley sees a baby breastfeeding. You've been warned. Uh, we are going to be talking about the film. Everybody saw it over the weekend. Because, quite frankly, there's not too many major films to see this summer that are worth uh, talking about. Um, Chris Nolan certainly is. Hicks, you saw the movie. What did you think? What did you think? Oh, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Solid A. Better than G Baby's um, review. Solid A. Oh yeah, solid A. Visually, it was just insane, and it was like almost no CGI in the film, which made it that much cooler and that much more authentic. It just, I loved it so. I love, I really enjoyed. You it. You loved story. every moment of it. You're like, I'm having a. Who'd you see the film with? Oh uh, my chick. Now, did you guys do that normal thing where you sit in the last row and making it out, or or were you really watching the film? We, oh, it was half and half. Okay. I smoked a cigarette. You gotta get a little love. Another theater for you to come in, baby. Uh, Fez, I text you after I saw the film. I said, talk to me first, because naturally I worried a little bit. I'll tell you the part that uh, concerned me. The germ of an idea that grows, whether it's bad or good, yep. completely reminded me of Fez Watley, because I remembered with this whatever he goes through now thing, how it started, and it kept getting stronger and stronger. Uh, and then Fez texts me back. I'm in the theater right now. Should I leave? He I was, writes, should I leave? I was ready to bolt on your word. And I said, and I wrote back, no, no, no. It's just a little mind fucky. Just, you know, stay a little meta. Keep a little position back. Don't take everything on. Uh, Fez, did you like the film? I, I really did like it. I mean, there was a couple of times where I'm, I did have to look away from the screen. But I loved the story. I loved every single acting job in it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and we've got our own G-Baby. So what letter grade are you giving? I'm giving it an A. Uh, here's our own uh, G-Baby. How are you, G-Baby? I'm great, guys. How are you? Well, it seems like the fellas like uh, the film a lot. Uh, here was my main problem, is movie critics saying you're going to see a Stanley Kubrick-type film. It's that good. We finally have a new Kubrick. And um, 
that caused me to be a little on the disappointed side. Because yeah, I went in I, expecting it, a masterpiece. Yeah, it's it's not. You know what? I think it is a masterpiece in one way. I think it's a masterpiece, and I actually liken it a little bit to Star Trek that came out last year because it's it's a it's a perfect Hollywood summer blockbuster. It's got all the action. It's intense. There's not really much characterization, but you're you're wrapped up in the story. You walk out talking about it. That's what we want from our summer blockbusters. You know what I mean? Well, I will give. The, I don't think it's a Kubrick film. And, I think and, it's, uh, in that case, I'll even give it more than Star Trek because I didn't walk out talking about it. I had forgotten about it by the time I got there, and I've never heard any conversations come up about Star Trek. He he was one of the. All right, I'll just play devil's advocate. And again, I don't fucking hate the film or or hate Chris Nolan. Uh, because at least I'm, I'm going to give him credit for trying something after doing, you know, Batman films. At least he's not out making fucking Aquaman or something like that. He tried to be a little something. Uh, I disagree on the character thing with Fez. And then I also don't think that he set up uh, a kind of alternate reality in the dream world. Uh, you didn't have that strange feeling that you had and then any of the swerves that were ever coming i saw i felt like miles away well i think the reason i mean i've actually a lot of people compared it to the matrix or eternal sunshine and spotless mind just because both sort of deal with dream states i I, I, would, I would compare this film less than both those though i think it, it didn't that those other films did a better job of setting up a, a feeling and a different kind of reality I like both those movies way better just because they're a little bit more, uh, I don't know, they were a little more different because they came out first. But I think the reason that the dream state here, you're right, is, is sort of exactly the same. It's like a cut. It could have been, you know, it could have been the next room. But the whole point is the dream has to be real so that the mark realizes, doesn't realize that they're dreaming. Well, even That's when you... Yeah, but even when you do, you are not in... When you're in a dream state, you're in a fucking dream state. You're going along with it. But it's very rare for you even to go, oh, I'm dreaming. We've all done that before. But it's rare in your life. And by the way, if you ever do that, just start immediately flying. Start flying the second that you can. Um, so, yeah, that part of it, G-Baby, I mean, I didn't hate it for that. But did, did you guys ever see a movie called Existence, um, David Cronenberg? Yeah about uh, the gaming world and you would go further and further, had the same levels, and am I out of the game or in another part of the game, I thought was also stronger than this film for that thing, for that reason. Uh, I, I've seen it, but I saw it so long ago, I don't really remember. Yeah, I caught it as a late-night thing, but I, I think it did a better job of am I dreaming or you know, am I in the game, am I in a different reality, or am I in the reality that I started with? I just think that the, the problem that I might have with Chris Nolan is, like, there is a coldness there. You know what I mean? Like, it's all pretty to look at and it's all strong, but you don't really care that much about Leo. Uh, you certainly, like, there was, and I don't know what Fez liked about the other characters, but none of them were fleshed out, and then you find out later for obvious reasons. Well, um, I, before I went in, I was at a bar, and someone said, are you going to see Inception? Oh, Leo Carter Caprio's best movie ever, best acting job. And when Ken walked out of it, I mean, that, I don't think the acting was that important in this film. It was all about the concept of this dream thief 
Uh-huh. And I thought Nolan fucking nailed it. And it's, it's really just the concept of the story and going through people's dreams. Then the acting could be fucking interchangeable. Right. Uh, yeah, and it was, like, though. The whole point was... Oh, go for it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying, I think, I mean, that's sort of the reason I would give it an A-. minus. I really enjoyed it on the entertainment level. But if you think about it, that awesome concept and all this stuff, really, the whole thing is in service so that one guy makes a phone call so he can get off a plane. It's like, it does it, does it really mean that much? You're not really that emotionally invested. And also so he can see his kids. But that's not really fun. I mean, you just get like two or three scenes of that, and you never really see him struggle with it too much. Right. He's struggling with guns more than he's struggling with his kids. You know, so that's why I sort of buy into it for more on the entertainment level than the, you know, the psychological sort of Right. Level. So what is it that you liked about it? You just thought it was visually attractive. No, for me, it's really, uh, it's about that second half. The first half of the movie where they're setting up what's going on. I, I liked it for what it was. I found it interesting. But once they get on that plane and once they go and try to commit the inception, that movie, it's just the way it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And the editing and the way that you have to sort of keep your mind focused on, oh, this is level one, this is level two, whose dream are we in? It just got me so tense. It got to a point where... Like when Ellen Page's character, they're in level three with the snow, and she's like, we got to go one more level. I literally like thought to myself, don't do that. You know, I was like so wrapped up in it, in the tension of it. And I, and I walked out of that movie just like on, on a high. I was like, wow, that was really something. I've never, I haven't been that, you know, emotionally invested in a movie uh, in a while. Uh, I will give you this. This was my favorite scene in the movie. And again, I'm going to give it on a spoiler alert. This is only for the people who've seen the film. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But do you remember the first scene, Fez? He's in the water. All right. It's coming over him. And then I yelled out, yay, Jack is alive. And just got (laughs) just a really major, major laugh there at the 123 Cinema on uh, 3rd Avenue. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I... I did enjoy all those things that you're saying. I was more disappointed, G-Baby, that each level didn't have something like that didn't have a change of reality. You know, it didn't become more difficult to make something happen. You know, they were all just the same. It was more of a like a big theft movie, like a jewel thief movie that I put together a team of people. I, you know, I would have liked if there was, it was harder to do something in each level or each level appeared differently. It just was, I guess it wasn't dreamy enough um, yeah. for me. It, it, from the trailer, I mean, if you, I mean, we've all seen that, that awesome trailer. It makes it look, the whole, look like the whole movie is cities folding onto each other and things exploding. And it's really only like two or three scenes when they're setting stuff up. I feel like a lot of people that I know who had uh, any disappointment were like, I wanted more of that. I want more of that craziness. I mean, really, you get the most, the only really good scene you get like that, which is my favorite scene in the movie, is when the van is flipping and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fighting in that, you know, in the hallway, and it's flipping at the same time. That was that was pretty dreamy and pretty intense, I thought. All right. I'm going to let some uh, callers get involved with this. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Steve. Arizona, you're on Fez. Hey, good morning, boys. I saw the movie uh, three times over the weekend, including once in the IMAX, and the sound in the IMAX was insanely awesome. It was really in-depth. But, Ron, I think you're kind of looking at the movie in the wrong way. You're trying to say it was like 
you know, it wasn't too weird and dreamy. I don't think the point of it was supposed to be, oh, how bizarre is this dream world? He even says that. Everything is... Well, but real. we've all had dreams, and they're nothing like what was in there. He, You know what I mean? Like, you have to be able to suspend that disbelief, but he's acting like our our dreams are the same as our realities, and they're not. If you really were this dream, uh, you know, this secret thief in the dream world, you'd have to learn all new ways of being. But the fact that time is so linear in a dream world just doesn't make sense. If you go back and remember your dreams, you're jumping all over. When you try to explain a dream, you're like, but then, you know, suddenly I wasn't at work. We were in Hawaii, you know. None of that happened. It was just exactly the same as reality. Um, let's go over here to... Um, uh, Tony wants to jump in. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Ronnie B., you, that really says it. You stole a lot of my thunder. That's uh, what you just said. My wife and I went to see it uh, yesterday, and uh, I, I consider myself a smart guy, but I just didn't get it. I mean, there was there was too much going on. Great special effects, and I did like the music, but there were people walking out with us that I've heard people say, what was that about? That was the worst movie I ever saw. But I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a. I I think that the best movies are not going to just make everybody go, "Oh, I got it." A lot of people, G Baby, were infuriated by the last scene, and I I had no problem with that. But I already had it figured yeah. out. Yeah. Because you can't I make like, a phone call. I like call the fact that plane. it opens the conversation. You know, yeah. I like the fact that that last scene opens the conversation, and I like the tw both times I saw it. Right when that happens, when it goes to black, the whole audience does like collectively goes, oh, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, and there was real tension as we were waiting to see how he was going to end that, even though I have my own belief. But I had it early on from the first time he talked to his kids on the phone. I'm like, they're not coming off as real. You know, there's something really unreal about what I'm saying here. Well, Michael Caine just gave one of his students over to a guy that, you know, he also thinks is insane. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Kids never aged. Uh, they never aged even a second. Um, here is... Close, uh, here is uh, Anthony, you're on Manifest. Hey, guys. Uh, I saw the movie with my chick uh, over the weekend, and we both liked it, but we both agreed that the entire scene in that, like, snow base uh was unnecessary and it almost felt like uh like an in it was injected to make it like action like a shoot 'em up yeah that's for the video game that's the level yeah. for the video game like, that's when g baby we we suddenly were in a james bond movie yeah i think the movie that's i mean that's another thing it's not a great sci-fi movie it's not a great action movie it's not a great heist movie it's sort of a great you know, multi-genre film on its own. It does it does a lot of things well. It doesn't do anything great. But see, I I think that I I have the problem with Chris Nolan is the same thing I did with Batman, where all I saw was Batman driving around Chicago. I think that the really great fucking directors, if they're going to have you in a sci-fi or fantasy movie can create a world, can create a feeling that you can fall into, the way you felt like in Blade Runner, or even for that matter, The Matrix, where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm in good hands. I don't know whether, as great as he is visually, I don't know if he can set up a, fi a feeling in a, in a film, G-Baby. 
you know, I I kind of that was one of another thing that you know uh, that I liked about it. And like I said, I I disliked about it was that you I would have liked a little bit more. Like, where did this dream thing come from? They, there's a throwaway line that it came to from the military, and I I guess it's in the near future, but we don't know. We don't really know. It just sort of we're just led to believe. I would have loved to seen a little bit more about where this technology came from and how it sort of evolved. But again, the movie's two and a half hours, so even if that was in there, that would have it would have been you know way excessive. Uh, here is Joe. Joe, you're on Uh, hey guys, I was just wondering what y'all thought of the whole, um, wife angle. I kind of found her, uh, character, actually, I, I usually don't like the whole love interest in action kind of movies, but, uh, I really found the character interesting, and I thought she was actually really cre- uh, kind of creepy when she first started popping up in those early dreams, and, you know, stabbing Juno and all that stuff. Yeah, my only problem was it was, like, hard to see what did Leo ever see in her in the first place. At what point did he think, this is the person that I have to go running through these worlds to find? Uh, and her again... Name is it, Maul, and Maul does mean evil in some language, too, so... But, you know, it's that lack of heat. There should have been incredible passion incredible something that leo was feeling for her but he was just being the cool rich guy in the suit just about all the time i mean he had troubles but you didn't feel like i have to be with this uh a woman um here's our friend michelle your manifest um i too saw the movie over there i absolutely loved it and i have a couple observations um to me, it was like Shutter Island heavy. There were many elements between that and Shutter Island, the dream state and all. I found that interesting. The part about the fortress, I looked at that as the fortress was the third level. The fortress was the area where he kept all of his his most hidden part was in that fortress. And at first I thought, oh, God, how James Bond. But as I thought about it, I thought, the fortress, the third level, that's your most sanctum sanctorum, so to speak. And one thing I found interesting was that right before they were going to have a kick, they played an Edith Piaf song, and the woman that played the guy's wife, uh, Marion Cotillard, mm-hmm. an Oscar for being Edith Piaf, and I found that very interesting. I thought, yeah, but see, that's the kind of stuff, just like if you start thinking about Shutter Island and Leo... I think that's the kind of stuff that takes you out of the movie, G-Baby. And it seems like Chris Nolan should have seen some of that kind of stuff coming. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, the, the, the emotions and the characters are all in service of this really great idea that he came up with. And they're not as important as a dream within a dream within a dream and sort of screwing with the audience and playing with that tension. Um, one of the things uh, I was reading, uh, Roger Ebert, is that one of the people who, for whatever reason, if you're the first person on Rotten Tomatoes now to not like a film, you've somehow ruined it for everybody. So I guess some critic is being attacked online uh, by the fanboys. Uh, is Usually this... it's a guy named Armand White. He, yeah. He'll come out like nine times out of ten and hate a movie that everybody loves. And... Uh, and I think, I honestly think, because it's like the movies that he likes are just, you're like, there's no way you think that movie is better than this one. It's like literally impossible. And I think it's just because he can get hits. You know, I, I run a website, and if you do something that's different, if everybody, if you're the only review on Rotten Tomatoes and you say Inception 
sucks a big fat one. I want to know why. So everybody's going to click on that story. I think right. it's a genius way to get hits. I think it's just totally, it, it totally invalidates him um, if he doesn't back it up right. Uh, here's Matt in Arizona. You're on a fuzz. Hey, Ronnie, I want to hear if uh, Fezzy thought that he maybe missed a kick somewhere and he's in like a second dream world. Um, I thought I was actually, as much as I got weirded out during the film, I got weirded out leaving the theater. Just seeing the massive buildings in New York City, that felt weird to me. And then I had like, then l later on in the weekend, I had a cashier say to me that she was having deja vu and she saw my face in a dream, which weirded me out. And I thought I, w I might have been stuck in limbo. And then I had a dream where, um... I was uh, coming up with this new product for cats, and Ron was in the dream telling me he had put it in my head like Inception. I think he's on to us, Ron. It was very weird. I like the idea for the cats, though. It was like rubber stamps that with paint that you could decorate your cat with. I was calling them tattoos. Um, that's very weird that you could even use wordplay in a dream. Because it doesn't always work out that way. Like, a lot of times I'll have a dream and I'll go, oh, I thought of the funniest thing. And then I'm like, whoa, wait, that's not even slightly funny, you know? And it'll just, you know, my thing will be like, you know, throw coconuts at mice. I'm like, oh, I got, I got a bit for the show. And I look at it later, I'm going, go, at least tattoos, you're on to something there. Yeah. and then It's a better idea than you've had awakened sometime. As soon as I said tattoos, you're like, well, you know where you got that from, right? It was from me. I put it in your mind. And I woke up just totally weird. Well, do you, does this feel kind of dreamy to you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like I get lightheaded a lot of times. So uh, it's a lot. Yeah, this feels very dreamy. A lot of people from my subconscious are just glaring at him right now, G-Baby. Oh, man. I think, I think we need a kick. Tell Hicks to put the PF on. I have those days anyway where everybody, I walk down the street and everybody looks odd and menacing. So that was a, that was a look away moment for me in Inception. You, you feel that in your regular life where people just look kind of evil towards you? Absolutely. Yeah. Where it's just, it doesn't happen every day, but every now and then there'll be a day where I'm going down the sidewalk and everybody looks threatening. Mm. Well, you are in New York. It can be that way. Um... So, G-Baby, at least, like you said, it's a movie worth talking about. You wanted to uh, discuss it. You wanted us to go see it so we could talk about it today. That doesn't normally happen these uh, days. You know, you, it's no, very it's, rare. And it's very rare that a movie that was so hyped like this, it, I don't think it exceeds expectations, but I think on a lot of levels it lives up to them. And... Uh, and that's something special, especially in the summer movie months. I mean, I know Fez is a big fan, and you always get so excited for these movies. You're like, oh, man, Transformers should be awesome. And then when it sucks, it's so deflating and disappointing. And to have Inception, this movie that we were all so excited about, actually be good is uh, it's fun, and it makes you want to discuss it, even if, you know, even if there are major, major issues with it. And I agree with a lot of what you said, Ron. But I think, for me, just that pure enjoyment of it, that going in to see a fun movie... And wanting to talk about it after sort of trumps all of that. Oh yeah, I will, it was the only movie this year that I felt like I have to um, see on a Friday, so somebody doesn't, you know, say something to me about it. Uh, but at the same time, I do think Christopher Nolan 
can be even better. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think he's at the place of the Masters yet. Even though visually, I'll agree with everything that Hicks said. I can't agree with Fez that I cared about any of the characters at all. Not one of them. Including the main character. Mine, right. And a friend of mine made a great point. Uh, he's actually one of the few people who, uh, who didn't like the movie. He said, like, this, the Cillian Murphy character, he's like, that relationship with his father is, feels so superfluous to the entire rest of the movie. You know, and uh, another one of my friends was like, I really bought into that. And I'm sort of in the middle. I sort of was into it in service of the story. But it's completely different. It's like the movie's not about that. The movie's about Leo finishing the job. So does it really feel worthy to do this other story with this guy and his father? It, they just seem sort of, you know, disjointed. Yeah. Well, I think that you, you had the point of he puts his emphasis somewhere else, you know. Uh, even in the last Batman movie, if you don't have that kid playing the Joker, the movie reads totally different to you. Because you don't care about Batman, and I don't think anyone gave a shit when the girl fucking died in that movie. You know, you're just like, whatever, the girl's dead. You just never care about those fucking people. Um, I think the standout in this movie is the guy, uh, Eames, uh, played by Tom Hardy. Uh, I think, I thought, I mean, he's, he doesn't have much to do because he's, he's got to play a character who plays Tom Berenger. But I thought he had a real, real great charisma to him. And I, uh, he was in that movie Bronson that came out last year. I didn't see it, but I heard it's really good. And he's great. I want to see more of him. I thought he was the best I did, I, I'll agree there, part. too. Although, but it was just like there was just something about his le electric, about his personality. And he did an amazing Tom Berenger. I mean, he just had yeah, it down completely. Really. Um, here is uh, Brett. Brett, you're on Renifest. Hey, Ron? Yeah. Hey, uh, the reason why they were connected in the movie, um, right. she was sent back, every time we saw her in the movie, she was sent back to wake him up. Because he was, he's, in the, he's in the dream the entire movie. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. When she fell off that building... She went back to reality. He's well, we don't. Well, first of all, we don't know if she came back to wake him up. I mean, I assume that that had nothing to do with her because she would have been more straight about that, not so crazy yourself. But you know, yeah, yeah, your point is a good one. That you know, there's no connection because everybody is him. Is him. Um, Every single person would be him. Just the Jungian thing for being in a dream that everybody that you see is you. Even the cat twos are you. But that does hurt a film. And we don't know whether when she died she went back to reality or just another layer. You know, was she lost in it? Because maybe he's lost in this dream world and, and all this shit is made up about extracting secrets. Because that wasn't the business that he and his wife were into, you know. Uh, gee, baby, we're talking about, though. Uh, absolutely. I mean, from my personal reading of the ending, I think that top was just about to fall over, and I think Christopher Nolan just cut it to, uh, to mess with us. I think it's really fun to think about all the other possibilities. That, that, you know, that he is in the dream. A, lot of pe a couple of people have been talking about that Ellen Page is really the world's best extractor. And she was hired by somebody we never see to perform Inception on Leo, uh, which I think is a fun theory that, I mean, you could probably have a lot of, like, crazy uh, theories about. But I think it's just, I think you said Christopher Nolan probably doesn't go that, that deep. And I think uh, maybe he wanted to hint at it. But I think, I think that top, that 
the cop is going to topple over and uh, he's back home. Well, I think that's just the simplest way to deal with it. The reason why I don't think that is because even Obama couldn't make a phone call and get everything straightened out on a murder rap while you were pulling in. And there was no way for Michael Caine to get to France to L.A., and then for some reason be able to walk out to the fucking plane, which no one does anymore. The kids would have aged. Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't back in reality. Michael King was at the airport. He wasn't at the plane. He was through. No, but he was meeting the fucking plane. He was, you know, he was in the part of the airport where you don't go, like in the old days. The gate. Yeah, you used to be able to walk up to the gate. You don't do that anymore. How did Michael Caine know he was, you know, coming in on that plane? Doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. Why is Michael Caine um, teaching in Paris, but then keeping the kids back in fucking L.A.? I have no answer to that question. He wasn't back in reality, dude. I don't give a shit. And I I did get the sense that that thing was um, fucking about to fall over. But... Even at that, I never bought into the whole talisman fucking thing from the beginning. Well, that doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Why wouldn't it fall over in a dream? Anything could happen in a dream. The thing could turn into a grape soda in a dream, for all you know. Um, Here's uh, Jason in PA. Jason, you're in Manifest. Yeah, hi. I keep watching the commercials for this thing, but all the special effects that I'm watching in the trailer and the commercial all belong in a live-action Akira movie. You know, you watch the whole thing, the dream sequence, the city crumbling and folding, it's the Olympic Station in Neo-Tokyo. Right. And and the thing is that I do believe it's either Warner Brothers or Leo DiCaprio have the rights for the Appian Way uh, production company to make that movie. So you're seeing all the special effects in a wrong movie. Just uh, my opinion. This is the way no, I think no one wanted to run, though. Don't you think this was, you know, literally his baby? I mean, this he made the film exactly that he wanted to, to make. And I give oh, him yeah. credit and he for made this movie for He could have made this movie for, for $10 million. He just cut out all the effects. It's not, like he said, the dream is exactly the same as reality. He, I mean, if he was a first-time filmmaker... They would have made. They would have been like, "This is a two hundred million dollar movie. Cut the budget down to ten percent, and we'll make this movie." I mean, it's a very simple story, but because of his Dark Knight clout, he got to just yeah. It was a playground for him. This movie. Uh, Corey, you're on Fez. Yeah, hey Ron Fez. I'm not quite sure. I'm seeing the ending the same way as you guys. Uh, I see it more of a, a, a Sopranos ending where you don't know if it was a dream or not because that little deal he was spinning. Kind of started to topple there at the end, and then it went to black just before you knew if it was or wasn't. Right. No, you, you saw the same movie as us. But then then we all give our opinions where G-Babies is no, he was back in reality, and mine was he was still in a dream. That's the kind of fun of not saying, here's exactly what it was. And now we'll have somebody walk on and wrap it up for you. you you're able to each take the ending home that you wanted to. Fez, where was he? I thought he was still in the dream world, and I thought that because it just seemed like too happy of an ending. Uh, Hicks, where was he? Oh, he was deep, deep in whatever limbo, whatever it was called. Right. He was fucked in the head. He was in And he way. wasn't getting out. Now, uh, so many people said to me, too, this, and it's very cynical, this just sets up Inception, too. 
I don't think there's any. I, I think that would be as bad as an idea as the second Matrix. You don't need it. it stands on its own there at the end. That'd be insane to make Absolutely. a fucking sequel. Yeah. Um, you don't believe in happy endings, Fez? No, I believe in happy endings, but it just he had been through so much. It just seemed I was waiting for something to go wrong for him again. Right, but he did all the things that he was supposed to do. He achieved all the parts that he was supposed to achieve. So on that level, he you know he did everything right that would have. But my point was this: that that was just him making this thing up, just keeping himself busy with. Um, with this adventurous life that he lived. By the way, he in the private jet and the boardrooms and his gang all looked great. And that will always get over in a movie for guys. Just guys in great suits pulling off some kind of heist deal. Um, here's Chris, Jersey, you're on Manifest. Uh, yeah, um, all I know is I'm definitely in reality, or at least I was when I saw that movie. I never had a dream as shitty as that. Uh, and for, secondly, the totem falls after the credits. Uh, so I hear I didn't stay after the credits, obviously. I almost walked out halfway through. But I stayed around to uh, see all the plot holes. Like, for example, um, when, okay. What, God, what, you're, you're still talking, Chris. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he goes in the uh, fourth layer after uh, the Fisher dies. So they have to tell him Page has a great idea to go into the next layer, right? So, they go to the next layer, but it's also limbo. Is it the next layer of conscious or, or subconscious, or is it limbo? Why is it Leonardo DiCaprio's environment that's built there and not Fisher's? And then why is it populated by Leonardo DiCaprio, namely his wife? Whereas earlier in the film, they said that it had to be populated by the subject, which was Fisher. Yeah, but see, he, yeah. Um, well, again, was dead, though. Yeah, as he shows up, he's putting the people in, right, G-Baby? No, the thing is that the uh, the limbo is a shared subconscious of everybody in the dream, and the only reason it's populated by DiCaprio stuff is he's the only one who's ever been down there. So, uh, that, I mean, and I don't think the totem falls after the credits. I didn't say all the way through, but I don't think that's true. Um, here's uh, Jarrett Mass, your manifest. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, two quick things. One, there's actually two different sets of kids that play the kids, and in the credits you see them listed as uh, like a two-year difference between the two sets of kids. So they do age. They are different kids in the movie. And I wanted to ask you, too, Fezzi actually said his reason for thinking that it was a dream at the end was that he thought it was too happy an ending. I'm wondering, are we to the point now where we can't have happy endings on serious movies? Uh, do we expect a gloomy ending? Uh, that does kind of let you know that, hey, I'm not watching a popcorn film because he turned out to be a replicate himself. Um, you know, the whole thing of happy ending is just for that five minutes anyway, just like real life. You might get back together, but it doesn't mean the characters won't get cancer in another f five years. I just... Why the ending of this is, I think I the ending of this is kind of fun because you can read either way. Sorry, guys. I, I agree with that. I agree 100% with that, that that is a funner uh, ending. Um, all right. We've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, G-Baby says, definitely don't see this film. <laughs> it's awful. I think, we should, I think we should definitely see it. See it just for the fact that if you see it, you're encouraging Hollywood to make more movies like this. Um, all right, man. Talk to you later, right, G-Baby.
Uh, later this week, Comic-Con. All right. Give us a call from Comic-Con. Uh, we'll take a break. Back in just a couple of minutes with lots more. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Serious 197 XM 202. The virus. The Ron and Fez Show. Girl, I knew sent me a book called The Secret. Do you know what this bitch says? The secret of life is? She said it was positive imagery. Bitch fly to Africa and telling them starving children that shit. What you need to do is visualize some roast beef and some mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, please, bitch, you're killing me. Stop talking like that. No, 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 no. The problem is you have a bad attitude about starving to death. <laughs> We're on a face show. Looks like we're coming at you with a little bit of rap music. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, Trevor, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, guys. Just about the whole Inception thing. We're the whole debate about whether or not uh, the end is really reality or another layer of dreamscape. See, what I took from it was that it fundamentally doesn't matter because it's a reality that he accepts and that he can kind of existing you know like when he finally gets to look on his kids faces that's him saying this is reality that that i can sort of exist in so like it doesn't matter if it's actually the real real or of course it matters layer. of course it matters let me ask you this and uh well i'll ask you fez Watley. uh you suffer from anxiety yes now if i told you i could hook you up to a ma machine that would bring you absolute bliss uh and you would have these hallucinations that would all be wonderful. You could live whatever fantasies that you could out with that. And every day until the day that you died would be a good day. Uh, would you be happy with that? No, I would, I would want to be normal in the real world. Now, why is that? Because that's, I think that's the one that counts. Two. To me and everybody else, I mean, to, to anybody that I was friends with or, you know, my relatives or whatever, they would just have me drooling, hooked up to a machine. I would worry about their reality as well. Well, what if I told you they're also going to be fine with it? They're going to say, that's a, that's a decision that Fez has made. At least he's happy now. It would only be up to you. Yeah, I still, I still wouldn't want to do it. I still, it would... It, I would rather try to get better in in the real in our reality. But no matter how well you'll get in this reality, it will never compare even slightly to this fantasy reality I could give you. Um, I th I think I don't know. I don't want to say something like I think I could screw up the fantasy reality, but it feels I'm already telling you that you can't. There's no right. danger in that. It's just not reality. That's the only decision you'll be making. Other than that, if you want to be a movie star, a pilot of an airplane, you want to be Donald Trump, whatever you want, in that reality will work out that way for you. Kind of like the Matrix. But your body will be doing something else in this reality. Hicks, would you take that deal? I don't think I could take that fucking crazy deal. I'd want to be able to feel for real. I like the downtimes. So there is something to reality. 
for both of you. Yeah. Um, the machine would just feel like some sort of prison. But it's not a prison. It's not going to feel like a prison. It's going to feel fantastic. You already have that thing. The negativity that you're giving that experience, Fez, is just not there in the example that we're given. It just won't be reality. Uh, Tyler, you're on Run Fez. What's going on, Ronnie? How you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, yeah, I was actually you stole my thunder. I was going to ask uh, Fezzy if he wanted to, you know, be plugged into the Matrix, just like uh, what's his name, uh, Joey Pants, and you know, no better you know, versus the reality of you know Fezzy's shitty life. So no, Fez has already said no to that. He would rather uh, deal with the things that he's dealing now. I'd rather be in real life, even as unnerving as that is to me. All right, take the real life lead, Fezzy. Get us going. What do you want to talk about? Um, there was this odd accident in Pennsylvania where police are trying to figure out exactly what happened. They said they came across this motorcycle accident on Route 819, and they said the motorcycle had collided with a deer. So they saw the accident, but then when they got to the victim, he also had a whole a gunshot wound to his head, and they found a gun uh, near the scene. So they're just wondering how in the world this all happened. I know the answer. What's that? The doctor was his mother. Or maybe it was just the heat that actually made the biscuit mix pop, and that's what was sticking to his head. All right, so that, see, that's an urban myth. This was uh, real crime. I'm wondering if somebody came around, didn't... Uh, was sticking up for deers and shot the guy in the head. All right, so the police are on the scene? Yeah, the police are there. Yeah, the Pennsylvania you, State Police. You're going to keep an eye on this story for us? Yeah, because I would love to know exactly how this went down. Godspeed, Scoop. Whether it may be uh, the gun, maybe he dropped his own gun uh, in the accident and went off and shot him in the head. It was Pop Rocks. Um, Osama bin Laden's son is uh, says he wants to come to America and date Drew Barrymore. And date Drew Barrymore, who he's calling uh, the most beautiful woman in Hollywood. And I don't know whether I would be flattered or frightened if I was Drew Barrymore. Doesn't bin Laden have like a lot of sons, like from different women? Uh huh. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. So I think I would still be a little bit nervous that someone would want to make me Mrs. Drew Barrymore Bin Laden. Yeah, that would be fucking crazy. I don't think it's going to happen. He also said he's a big fan of Jim Carrey movies, too. Well, we all are. Uh, let's go over here to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron and Fez, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, Fezzy, I got a scoop for you. What's that? Obviously, the deer knew he was going to get hit, so he pulled out a gun and shot first. I'm sure it's got to be looked at as one of the theories. It is the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 
Hex, I was talking to a friend of mine about the Amish. As will often come up when people find out I have a Pennsylvania background, they will want to discuss the, the Amish with me. And the way that I always heard it is that the Amish kind of live on their own outside of the rules of the rest of us. Uh, they're their own entity, kind of like an Indian reservation. They don't pay taxes at all. Uh, but then also, they don't get the right to vote. So, Hicks, I'd put it up to you, because I know you're somewhat of a libertarian. And to the listeners as well, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Would you be willing to give up your right to vote, your rights as an American citizen, if it meant you didn't have to pay taxes? I think I'd do it. You would do it. You get this whole this full thirty G fucking paycheck. I'll 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 take that sure. So that you could have the whole thing to take home. I'll be living large. Uh, what about you, Fuzz Watley? I like to vote. I I think I would keep paying the taxes to be part of that system. So you think of your your uh, at a luxury uh, tax for voting? Yeah, I if that was the difference, I would still keep paying the taxes. Who'd you vote for last election? President Obama. And that was uh, worth that vote for you? Uh, doesn't seem to be paying off at all. Um, it is interesting, though, to me uh, to think of how many people would uh, agree with Hex. They're, they're like, no, be well worth it not to pay uh, any taxes at all on that. Because I really feel like I don't have much of a say in the government anyway. I mean, might as well get all my fucking money and try to Look, set some up for myself. My dream about fucking Senator Stanley is ruined now, so there's not much oh. I can do about it. You know I've always wanted to see you go to Washington. Uh, here is Dave in Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, I live in a state, you know, it's all Democratic, so it doesn't matter what I vote. When it comes election time, electoral college, it's going to be like, fuck it, you know. It's all, it's all going to be Obama, so just give me the money instead. Uh, it wouldn't hurt you to no longer be a citizen of the United States? Does it matter to you that much? Uh, no, I never wanted to be in the military or anything like that. You know? mm -hmm. uh, let's go over here to uh, John. Aaron Fez. You know, I think that there's a big problem with this idea. I, I would love to do it, but the Amish should already established that they can live on their own and be self-sustaining. If any one of us decided we were just going to go off, take what we have, never pay taxes, they'd eventually hunt us down. They're basically squatters on our land, and we still buy shit from them. How does that work out? I, I, I don't understand it either. Now, Chris and PA uh, claims that the Amish do pay taxes. Chris? Hey, it's urban legend. My dad's just... Is it just the one line that blows so bad? Some days, some different lines all seem to be getting the bad callers or whatever, the bad line. Um, here's Steve, you're on Yeah, by uh, saying that if I give up voting and I don't have to pay my taxes, then essentially I'm voting in that way. I'm saying I don't give a fuck what people do with my tax money because I'm just not going to pay it. And I'm going to say, that's it. I'm, it's basically a Republican point of view. Do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of the country. I'm keeping my money. So you think the Republican point of view only comes down to money, nothing else? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, in the last couple of years, it's been, well, last decade, it's certainly been the whole Christian aspect. But 
mostly it's a it's a conservative point of view to say let me keep my money and I don't want to have social programs. I don't want to pay for that. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's Sam in Atlanta. You're on Runifest. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, you know, I maybe just be an old redneck from Georgia, but... Well, put yourself down, told... Sam. You're filled with country wisdom. <laughs> My father always told me that better men than me died so that we had a right to make these choices. Absolutely interesting to think that you are part of the great American experiment, and it means <laughs> something to the history of the world. Although, it seems like we've gotten away from that. The cynical nature of the country uh, has really grown in the last few years. Jeff, Illinois, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Ron, what's up, Fezzy? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think they might owe me a little bit back there. I'm a felon. I can't vote anyway. Uh, what did you do that they took your vote away? Unlawful delivery of a small amount of cannabis. Just for weed? Just for weed. Now, what do you got to? years old. What do you got to do to get your vote back? Don't know. I think uh, I might be able to get a lawyer or something. You know, pay a little bit of money, I guess. Money talks, you know. There it does. Jeff Cleveland. Hey, man, how you doing? Good. Hey, I your uh, phone call that broke up here a couple of callers ago. Yeah. Um, I live in the fourth largest uh, Amish community in the country I out got here. Two radio shows. Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> and they they do pay sales tax, and they have to pay local income tax, but they don't have to pay any federal income tax, and they don't have to pay any property tax. All right, so that's gigantic. Yeah, it is. It's huge. Um, but why do they have to pay the local taxes? Well, because if the the local taxes supersede federal regulations, so. Because they live in a certain community, if they live within the township or village limits, they have this 1% or 2%, depending on exactly where they're at, that they have to pay. And, of course, nobody knows if they're paying exactly what they're supposed to because there's no record of what they're making because most of them are employed as independent contractors. Right. Or farm. So all they, have to, they, they say what they make, and that's what they pay taxes on. The only ones that pay a legitimate uh, local uh, tax are the ones that work for uh, local businesses like Walmart and McDonald's and crap like that. Okay. Yeah, most of the time they're just selling tomatoes. Uh, yeah. And I'm fairly well, they, sure that none of them accept credit cards. I, uh, absolutely not. No. Thanks, Jeff. Talk, talk to you later, man. Thanks, guys. I hope LeBron comes back to you there in, in Ohio. Uh, Mike in Texas, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie B. I'm throwing around some ideas here, and I was wondering about Chris Stanley for Senate 2012, and what would his platform be? Have you given this much thought, Chris? Yeah, I think maybe, you know, legalize some drugs, take the taxes down, maybe go for a flat tax. Maybe Ron Paul is up a little bit. Well, drugs can be very bad. Send me in uh, Small Talk. Small Talk wasn't with us uh, last week because... Uh, he lost a buddy uh, last week. And according to you, Chris Stanley, uh, drugs played a very large uh, role in this. Yeah, some of it, yeah, it wasn't too good, yeah. And he also looks, he, grab a mic over here, you also still don't look like you're completely back yet. Oh, no, not at all. It's been a really long week. You look, well, you look like you lost your best friend. Yeah, that's that's how you look. Um, 
You want to see a picture of him? Yeah, I'm dying to see a picture of your buddy. You, now, are you going to be one of those guys you carry the picture with you all the time? Oh, I don't know. It's still kind of fresh. You know, I had to talk at his funeral and look at his dead body and carry him down the aisle and all, all right, that stuff. I'm uh, so. looking at it right here. 22 years old. 22 yeah, years old. Almost. Uh, not quite 22, huh? Not quite. Uh, and what exactly happened? Well, I mean, I hate to say it, he had some hard problems, and, you know, drugs and hard problems don't mix. Uh-huh. So was it accidental overdose? It was, yeah. What was the drug of choice? It was oxy and cocaine. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, one speeds up the heart and one slows it down, you know, and just tears it right down the middle. So he was just, uh, this would be like a poor man's speedball. When I was younger, we used to use heroin and cocaine together, which they told you was dangerous, but I can't begin to tell you how good it felt. Yeah. Uh... So this is something he died during the night, or was he with any of your well, friends? What happened was, he, uh, you know, he was out partying. His girlfriend was up in uh, Long Island for the weekend, so uh -huh. um, he was out, you know, having some fun. And he, he came home at six in the morning, talked to his old man, and uh, you know, went to go fall asleep. And his old man goes and tries to wake him up a couple hours later, and he's dead. Already gone. Yeah. Uh, was this the heart stopped, or he stopped yeah, breathing it was during the heart it? Heart the thing, we're still waiting for the autopsy to get back, but, you know, he was getting numb a couple weeks before. Like, his limbs were going numb, and he was fainting a lot. You know, which there's signs for a, a brain aneurysm, so it makes you think, yeah. makes you think, you know, maybe this could have been prevented, but we can't, we can't be mixing and matching those drugs, you know. No, I get that completely. Uh, but, you know, when I was younger, I had a friend, same age, dropped dead at a wedding, at another one of our friends' wedding. Um... And it was, you know, one of these deals where, you know, he had a, I guess, was born with a bad heart, but then he was a, a party guy. So this was your best pal, and this is just the uh, toughest time for you. Yeah, toughest time. My best friend since I, uh, yeah, forever. Uh, how are you with the drugs? Do you take drugs at all? No, no. I mean, I have, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but, right. you know, not anymore. I'm not putting any shit up my nose after this. It was because of this is why you stopped? Well, I mean, I haven't, I've been, uh, I drank, but I've been sober for like a year now. Uh-huh. Was there any one occasion that made this happen? What do you mean? Well, was there any reason that you thought to yourself, oh, I'm getting a little too close, i got to stop doing dope, or you just bored of it? You know, it's a couple of things, you know. I'm just getting too old for this shit, you right. know. It's like, you know, everyone wants to have fun, but it comes to a point where it's just like, what am I doing, you know? You had an expiration date where you said, well, it's all, I'm already out of it. Uh, and now here you were going to be... Uh, with this pal of yours carrying that around for the rest of your life. Totally, yeah. I yeah. mean, and, you know, I was with his family all week. He's got a little brother, you know, who's mm -hmm. who's 16, and he thought the world of Steph. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's what's he going to do now? And, you know, of course, of course we're all going to be there for him to step up and whatever they need, but it's never going to be the same. It's his only brother, and he's dead. So Right. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, you will carry it for the rest of your life. You know, you'll wonder, like, oh, will I forget about it? Not? Nope. It will come to you where you, when you start having kids or whatever's going on, you'll think, where would he have been at this point in his life? It'll just happen. Yeah, totally. And It'll it, just happen that way. And you know what? It's kind of hard to say, but maybe this is a good thing that happened. You know, losing one friend instead of, you know, three friends. You know, maybe my, my boys will slow down and be like, listen, we can't be doing this stuff. Steph's dead. You know, we don't want to end up in the same boat. Well, only time will tell that. Because you will also, it will, the other thing about death that's always so strange to me is things will then just, 
somehow go back to the way they were before. I mean, even look at 9-11. Remember after 9-11, people were like, I'm going to change my life. The country said, well, we're all going to change the way we do things. And then sooner or later, you just go back to the normal place that you were before. I so, hope so. Yeah, it's not always that people uh, wake up from something like this happens. Well, I'm sorry to uh, hear that, but... You do have to make this stuff up, so we're going to put you on double shifts the rest of the week. <laughs> I need some of the need new wallpaper in here, stuff like that. Uh, sorry, you had that experience, Hicks. You ever lose any uh, friends, young? Oh hell yeah, yeah. I lose motorcycles, drugs. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the fucking top ones right there. Yeah. Had buddies, you know, break their neck on off of a motorcycle. Uh, one guy choking on his own vomit. Right. Uh, another guy's Which they life. say is better than choking on someone else's vomit. Because that's gay. Yeah, I lost a lot of friends when I was young. And then throughout. And it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing about where in your life you, you still carry those things. You still hold on to those things. Um, Fez Watley... Man, and thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, no problem. Keep thanks it on. for having me, guys. Uh, I want you to fill in that role of stuff for him. I want you to be there, go to ball games with him, stuff like that. Okay. Making things happen. Take him out for drinking. He's crushed on this kid. Yeah, when he first called, it was, it was pretty rough. And now he went and got his head shaved for it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to look good for the funeral. He spoke at the funeral. Yeah. I remember when I lost Dave. I thought I'd never get over it. When Dave passed away. I think he's still alive. Not in my world, he isn't. He's already gone. Jersey. Make, makes you think, though, huh, Fez? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, absolutely. When you think, do you express that verbally? Um, not all the time. I, I should, though. Should what? Express it verbally. It's a scary, scary thought. It's reality. I feel bad for small talk. Well put, Fez. Well, today, uh, you know, we had that close uh, situation over the weekend with Kathleen. No, I didn't know about that. Kathleen was in the hospital all weekend. I didn't even hear about it. Really? Yeah. Well, for sure you know. I, I'm dedicating today's show to Kathleen from the Bronx who suffered from streth, strep, scientists, and sinuses, what I like to call women's problems. If any uh, woman is in the hospital or even going to dentist and people go, what's going on? I go, she has woman problems. Because, you know, if a woman has problems, they're woman problems. I should have checked. I didn't, I didn't know about that. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Um, who was, uh, what's Juno's name, the little girl who played Juno? Ellen Page. Ellen Page. She played a character named Juno in Inception, where she got pregnant, carried around, and then gave birth to a dream. She was on uh, TV the other night, and I noticed that... On American talk shows, we do this constantly. If a young person comes on that they're not familiar with their background, and they're from Canada, the host, even after all these years, 
will immediately start bringing up uh, other Canadians. Well, they'll go, you know, uh, new kids, uh, the kids in the hall, Canadians. Uh, Jim Carrey, William Shatner. And they just sit there and name Canadian names to these people while the Canadian agrees. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Joni Mitchell was uh, born in Canada. And I'm like, well, this never happens to an American. No one ever is going to go on a talk show, yeah, where are you growing up? Well, you know, I grew up in Jersey, and I say it's America. Oh, uh, Danny, and so Springsteen. Uh, so was Obama, eventually, ended up in America. But we still, after all these years, and if you go to Canada, it's not that different than going to Wisconsin. And yet, there is still an air to of mystery here in the U.S. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Hicks has asked me about the Sharkopus movie. And Hicks, I'm not even uh, slightly interested. Really? Yeah, not even slightly interested. B-movies are making a comeback. B-movies have never went away. To me, a B-movie is still Batman. They're blown up now, though. There's new blood. Well, because people like to feel uh, funny. Like, oh, I get it. It's a shark and an octopus. But to me, it only works if the people who made the movie don't know that it's funny. If they think that there is uh, some art to it. Um, Got a list here. Most overused songs in um movie history most overused uh, songs in movie history and there are songs that will just be kind of a a touchstone for movies a uh, number 10 the cranberries um and it showed up in mission impossible chunky express save passage you've got mail and boys on the side, um, let's take a quick lift, listen to Cranberry's Dreams and see if this doesn't remind you of a movie. would be in a movie, Hicks? It feels like, hey, I'm moving out in my life. Things are going to start going great. More like romantic comedy is. Yeah, a girl movie. Oh, girl yeah. movie. It seems like, like like maybe the girl has just seen the guy, the love interest guy or vice versa. Okay. She just saw the love interest guy or the love interest guy saw her. Uh, next, uh, you've seen it in Gross Point Blank. Uh, Mr. Deeds, Big Fish, and Jerry Maguire, Let My Love Open the Door. Let My Love by the great Pete Townsend. Now, I wouldn't have guessed that this one got overused.
Oh no, this is yeah. You hear this? You know, fucking, you've heard it plenty of times before, especially in movie scenes. So you're kind of happy then when you hear it? Oh yeah, it's like, oh hey, <laughs> oh, going good for us now. Oh okay, oh hey, montages. Um, the uh, next song, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Secret of My Success, She's Out of Control, and Opportunity Knocks. Everybody know, knows this one. It's oh yeah. So annoying. I didn't realize it had other lyrics other than oh yeah. All right, let's go on to number seven here. Overused movie uh, songs and movies. Carl Douglas, Earl Douglas's real dad. Bringing it down with a little KFF, little Kung Fu fighting. Beverly Hills Ninja, Bowfinger, Daddy Daycare, Spirit of 76, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and even Super Cop. Now, this is always used ironically. No one I would actually use this to say this is badass. Oh, some serious ass can go on. Yeah. So we know, hey, we're just having fun with this. Uh, and the next song was used pretty much the same way. It started off in uh, Color of Money. And then after that, it started to get used ironically. It's in Terminator 2, Parent Trap, Garfield. And anytime we want a little kid to look adorable and kind of uh, tough... We hear this. Oh, look at him. He thinks he's cool. Oh, those babies are all dressed up like Fonzie. All right, let's go over to the uh, next one. It's another upbeat one. Big Chill used it. Uh, Blues Brothers. Days of Thunder. Jack Frost. And Intolerable, intolerable Cruelty. Uh, Spencer Davis Group. Give me some loving. This means... We're on our way to the bank, and we're going to get things settled. Or, we're all building the clubhouse together. Hey. 
montage this. Hey, I just got paint on my nose. Let's have a hose fight. We love each other. It's going to work out. I wonder if anyone's ever wrote montage into their script. Now montage to a bunch of great visuals. I think directors always go, I can't wait for my montage shot. This B-roll is going to go in the montage, guys. It's going to be perfect. All right, time for the big sports thing. Mystery Men has used it, Inspector Gadget, Rat Race, and Shrek. But again, let's watch a bunch of little kids uh, either skate poorly, drop footballs, or make errors in baseball. Smash Mouth. All-Star. This was Hicks' favorite band for a while. Huge in the 90s. All right, we're making errors. But now, all of a sudden, did Hicks just get a hit? Did Fez make a great catch? This team's coming together. Turn it around. We're going to do it, guys. Now look at our names going up in the standings. All right. This next song, Good Morning Vietnam, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, K-9, A Smiles Like Yours, Disney's the Kid, The Big Chill, Well, James Brown, I Got You. Also fun to clean the house to this song or have some of the main characters dance next to each other. Nothing like seeing the old lady doing that funny dance to this. This makes this the feel-good movie of the season for me. Uh, and the next one is uh, Feel Good, uh, The Bachelor, Simon Birch, uh, Operation Dumbo Drop, Ghostbusters 2, The Air Up There. Uh, this is one that every ad agency likes to see, and make sure you get the product out during this, because the people at home feel better. This, you'll kind of see me, Hicks, and Fez... In a convertible, driving long, high-fiving each other. But then the shot will pull way up in the air because it's not just a crane shot. It's a helicopter shot. And you're going to be able to see us on our way. Top down, baby. Yeah, top down, of course. And then the, uh, the last song... Uh, Secret of My Success, Master of Disguise, Daddy Daycare, High Fidelity, and even movie trailers for, of course, Jersey Girl. 
uh, we're all with Katrina and the waves, and we're all walking on sunshine. I've decided I do want to raise these kids. Maybe my brother and his wife dying was the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't need to be a playboy anymore. It seems family films just have one soundtrack. They really do. This is also good for a makeover montage, where the girl's going from plain Jane to absolutely stunning. Montage is montage, Fez. They're all about happiness. We're learning. We are. We're learning through our happiness and makeover. All right, give us songs that you now believe overused in movies. Here's a, a by the way, I don't even know where I got that list from. Uh, the website for the retarded.com is the name of it. Uh, Curtis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, it's a great song, but Fortunate Son from Credence is in every Vietnam War movie. Yeah, Vietnam War movies uh, make us all feel like they had a very short playlist. Adrian Cronire did not have a lot of records. To the chief. Here's uh, Alex. You're on Runa Fez. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, man? Hi, yeah. Um, that the song they performed before the All Star Game, the Hey Soul Sister. It's like been in every commercial and every movie ad like the last two years. Yeah, when they get something that's kind of a hit, that they'll be in the trailers, but then not in the actual uh, movie. But yes. hey, soul sister, something to go back to. Hey, hey. This is going to be about love. Two people will find each other. Miscommunication will pull them apart. And then they'll get back together thanks to fate. Coming soon, the montage with Hey, Soul Sister. Here's uh, Paul. Paul, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Um, back in the 80s and 90s, they used it a bunch um, by the laws. It's called uh, There She Goes. Start off the Sally Marin and Axe Murder. It's like the first song that you hear. Yeah, and you know, when you really get, it kind of even got overused in the Axe Murder. So when you hear this song now in another movie, you're like, but this was already in a movie before. This means, when am I going to work up the courage to go talk to her? Go ahead, man. You're doing great now. Jason, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Ronnie, that new uh, Michael Douglas Wall Street movie has it for the uh, lovable bad guy, Sympathy for the Devil. 
Sympathy for the Devil, of course, used an interview for a vampire, too. Just lets us know evil's in the room. I want to do Sympathy for the Devil and Daniel Johnson. Sam, you're on Ronnie Fez. Yeah, Ronnie, how you doing today? What can I do for you? Well, this is not related to this, but I'm telling you, I'm fucking sick to death of people taking shots at Fez. I'm sick of people making their snide, giggling, hang-up cracks about them. Here's what I have to say to these motherfuckers. Fez Wally shows up every day. He shows up, stands up, he's at fucking work holding down a job. And I say to these motherfuckers... Get off the fucking couch. Put down the fucking potato chips. Get out of your fucking sweatpants. Get the fuck out there. And be one-tenth of the man that Fez Watley is every fucking day of the year. And other than that, things are pretty good here. The deer flies are a little thick, though. Around St. Petersburg When I saw it was a time for the change Killed the Tsar and his ministers Anastasia screamed in vain. I rode the tank, held the general's rank, with the mist green rage and the body sank. Pleased to meet you, hope you guess my name. That's what it's just about anything you wanted, any given time. I want nothing you is the nature of my game. Yeah. I watch me clean while your kings and queens for the ten decades for the gods they made. I shouted out who killed the Kennedys when after all it was you and me. Let me please introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I need right I'm sorry. I know we were in the middle of the bit. But then it was Mick Jagger and Kay Fretchett. You guess my name 
Chris, I gotta be careful the stones don't pop up during the middle of the show. Because then I fucking forget what I'm doing. It's a party, though. Come on. It really is. It's a countdown party. We're counting down. Uh, here's Rick in Florida. Overused movies. Face, face, face. Good to hear that again. Yeah, it is. Ronnie, let me bring you down a little bit. This is one of those shit songs that it's used in every stupid movie for girls kiss me by sixpence mm. reminds me of trailers too well all the, here's the all thing the songs remind me of trailers she's a sensitive young girl she's going through a lot that's why she's walking along the beach so late at night what's that vampire doing there and she wears a hat she looks good in a hat you wear those shoes and that wear that dress oh. Uh, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron. Yeah. You guys are missing an obvious one. Uh, Born to be wild, Steppenwolf. Well, see, here's the thing. First time it was used because, you know, guys ride motorcycles. Now, oh, old people are in golf carts or little kids are on fucking tricycles. It's ironic. Albert Brooks is in a Winnebago. Looking for adventure in whatever comes our way. Here's uh, Lee, Illinois. Hey, uh, every drug scene, it seems like they they got to spin uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. You know, drugs are starting to kick in a little bit. What was that pill that you gave me? Um, and by the way, if, if Airplane never did this song, I don't think they would have made, they would be remembered at all anymore. Brian, you're in a fez. Hey, 3629 there, buddy. Hey, buddy. How about uh, Peter Gabriel's Salisbury Hill? Every coming-to-age tale movie. Yeah, that just means that, you know what? I'm going to do something a little different. I'm growing up. This year, college is going to go different. Chris Stanley's decided to take a job in radio. Dallas, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie, what's up? Hey, when uh, people start getting a little bit tipsy, things get a little wild. you got to put on the tequila song. Again, 
I'm having a drink. To me, this will only be the Pee Wee movie, though, nothing else. Let's go over here to Matt. Matt, you're on a fez. Hey, don't bother. Every single movie these days, you can't even count them anymore. Bachman Terman's Overdrive, taking care of business, is at every single one of them. Mm hmm. Because we're going to beat that other team. We're going to beat that other team because we're taking care of business. They dropped the stones. Why would he fall off? Brian, Philly. Hey, what's up, Brian? What's up, Fed? Yeah. Um, ton of movies where uh, the main characters are going on a uh, road trip of some kind. You hear "Can't Heat" on the road again. Yeah, they love to do that. They love to. Look at this field, filled with people. And I wonder how much money they get per movie for some of this. There's a lot of people probably went like this. I made a lot more money off movies than I ever did trying to sell fucking records. Because there isn't a lot of people at home going like this. You got any Can't Heat? Yeah, I'm looking for albums. Can't Heat? Um... Let's go over to, uh, let me go over here to uh, Brian, you're on fest. Brian. What's going on, Bush? Yeah. Lottley Posse checking in. Uh, how, how, many times, how many times does the movie cut to a love scene and uh, Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On, comes on? <laughs> and exactly the ironic. <clears throat> oh, look, middle-aged mom wants to make it with middle-aged dad. What are us kids going to do? They're getting it on. This summer. Most of these got used in the high fidelity, I'm starting to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mika, Mika, you're on running fence. Hey. hey, it's Micah. Um, Whatever. That, uh, in the 90s, that uh, song uh, Laid by James was in every trailer for a while there. She finds him, he loses her. Maybe sometimes when two people grow, they'll grow together. This is a small, independent movie about people living in an urban setting that find friendship and love. Not all families are related. Sometimes they're made. 
coming this fall. Your sister's cunt. Your sister's cunt. Now in 3D. Kevin in Wisconsin. Hey, how's it going, boys? Yeah. What about Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones? Well, the Rolling Stones, what movie was this used in? Uh, one of them uh, one of them that stands out vividly in my mind is in Casino when Pesci's standing out in front of the Gold Rush. Scorsese will always use the Stones. Seriously, in the history of music, does anyone else ever sing about dope sick but the Stones? Reef? I don't think he'd sing. He talks about copping, oh. but never fucking needing. It's always positive, Luke. The fucking line in the song, I've been kicking, help me please, is fucking unbelievable. Charlie, you're around the feds. It's uh, that Bob Seger song, that good old rock and roll music pops up oh, everywhere. Oh, God, just terrible. Just terrible with that old-time rock and roll. Movies and weddings. It shows up constantly. And there's Grandma.
All right, stop it. Nobody gets extended play but the Stones. Stones are the only people who get extended play today. John Boston, you're in running Fez. This summer from Running Fez Pictures, it's every Vietnam movie featuring All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. You think I'll make it home safe? Been short. Man, I'm out of here tomorrow, bro. My ass is... I got some girl waiting at home for me. I'm going to be working at the garage. Ford in Jersey, you're in Memphis. Uh, hey, another montage song and one that's been buried by uh, a cruise line is Iggy Pop, Lust for Life. Such a great song, it has been destroyed. Remember when we all loved it. Now it just makes you feel like you're on a bad fucking cruise. Just turn it down. Nobody gets the extended play. Uh, Mark, you're on a Fez. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Good. Hey, when the, uh, when the shit's coming down, the empire's crumbling, blinded by the light. I don't ever even remember that. I don't even remember that being in anything. Uh, Matt. Yo, Ronnie. Yeah. Imagine this. You're in the 60s. You and your friends are growing up, and you're growing apart, or maybe somebody died. Stand by me. <laughs> sure, that's one, but it's not in every one. Hey, River Phoenix. But there is also, this got used in a, a lot of doo-wop movies. I'm surprised more people haven't come up with 50s stuff, because that stuff gets replayed over and over. Crazy by, uh, it's been played so many goddamn times in multiple, so many movies, it's insane. Did Patsy Klein crazy? Yeah. Uh, Pat, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, what about when somebody's in trouble down on the rock? They play a little uh, Give Me Shelter by the boys. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Give me a black chick to sing in the background. That's it. Thank you.
this fucking chick. I can't break. It's the fucking Rolling Stones. Show, Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Stanley. Chris Stanley, you said you had some stuff just driving you crazy today, though. Yeah, uh, the five-second rule has officially been said that it's not safe. Where the five-second rule is drop some food on the floor, five-second rule, it's still going to eat. It's odd that it's not safe since the person who came up with it was a child. So it's very, very stunning to me that this wouldn't work out scientifically. Yeah, it fucks with me, too, because I, I fucking, I'll eat stuff off the floor sometimes. I mean, I, one of the five seconds. Well, I'm not Davey Mac, where I fucking eat, you know, food out of the garbage. He but. eats food straight out of the trash. Yeah. But, again, if you're on a desert island, uh, you would just be eating outside the whole time anyway. Yeah. You're not going to die. Throw sand. Stop being a baby. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, ever since Edward Norton uh, was bumped from the Avengers movie playing the Hulk, 
Uh, they've been talking about who should get that role. Not only have they been talking about Fez, but so have we. Mm. And um, I'm thinking it's not that big of a deal because what you're looking at in that role is the CGI Hulk. How does that look? I don't think it's as important who's playing the actual Bruce Banner character. Yeah, I don't think it's important who plays any of the roles in any of these fucking cartoon movies. And I saw on one of the lists that uh, Lou Ferrigno was suggested. What's he going to do? Just get even bigger? Like it's just a muscle guy that uh, then turns into the Hulk. You think that there's a slight chance that this could happen? Uh, no. I doubt it completely. Why didn't you throw up a post against the other guy's post? I probably should have, but a lot of those sites you have to sign up for. Flame War. Flame War is this. Yeah, because it's, uh, yeah, it's basically you show up and then what happens is you have to, you do a costume change when you're tore up clothes later on. That's so, really all it is to it. You don't think Ed Norton's a very good actor and didn't do very good in that uh, role? He did all right, but I don't think it matters who's doing it. I don't think he did any better than the guy before him. When are we doing the Hulk break tomorrow? Are we going to put it back two days? Because uh, they're not even having a Hulk movie yet, do they, Hicks? I don't think so. This is all in plans for the Avengers. There's appearance in the Avengers movie. Oh, God, the Avengers. Did you say the end of Iron Man 2 to catch the... Yeah, Robert. I did. Uh, I saw, stayed at the Iron Man 2, and I saw a guy cleaning up and throwing out Cokes and popcorn bags. Uh, Wesley Snipes says he's going to prison for three years. Uh, they did not appeal his sentence. He is a, uh alumni of Hicks's College. Sooty purchase, baby. Uh, apparently didn't take any of the accounting courses. Well, I got kicked out, too, so me and him are, you know, brothers in arms. We're just brothers. Okay. He's been fighting this forever, too. It's, uh, his three years would have been done by now, I think. If he had gone in when this first happened. Or if he would have paid his taxes, none of this would have happened. Yeah, it's a year for every year that he didn't file his return. Alternate universe, Fez? I don't think so. I think this is the real universe, where they uh, you pay your taxes or you go to a long stretch of jail time. I know where Mafia Life Chris is now. Is he still south of the border? Can you give me some cigarettes and fireworks? Apparently he's going to go to Rock City. Um, re researchers are saying that it's not the seven-year itch that breaks up marriages. They've uh, done some work. And it's, the average length is now 12 years. More mathematics? 12-year itch. Yeah, where it's the... It's the average time that what that, that a marriage lasts. The average times a marriage lasts is twelve years. Well, how did they come up with the average? Um, I'm I'm not sure how they did it. So if a guy gets married at, you know, because a lot of people get break up at, during the first year. So does that count as thirteen years if somebody else got you know divorced at twenty five, twenty six years? Um, I I don't know. I don't know whether they throw them all out. And I don't think a, uh, a death should be any better because you're still not with that person. So that should be legally considered a divorce. 
And I think they said the major reason was still infidelity. Well, I don't know if that would be the major reason as well as the only reason. Well, I think they also cited things like growing apart, becoming different people. Yes, all those things lead to infidelity. Mm. So I, I don't know. I think for some reason I thought it would have been a lot longer than this. Like maybe you get to like uh, an 18 years where the kids are starting to leave the house would be the average time. I think a lot of people get divorced early on, like in two, three years. Once you go 18 years, to me, it's like, what the fuck's the difference? I think if I was living with someone, I would still want to tack on those living on years, too. And not just the marriage years. Tack it on where? Where it's like, oh, we were together for this many years. And not just limit it to the... Um, uh, marriage years. Um, let's go over here to Lee. Lee in Florida, you're on What's up, boys? Yeah. Uh, I got a bit of a moral conundrum for you. Uh, so, I've been dating this girl for about four months now. We're getting along real well. Very good start for a relationship and everything. Uh, but I've always noticed she's a very skinny girl. I didn't know if there was something going on, so I... Sorry, you know, go to the bathroom for extended periods of times. I'm thinking maybe it's a little, uh, maybe she's pulling a line or taking pills or something. But I've kind of figured it out. She stayed with me a few nights, and, and I'm pretty sure she's throwing up. Hot. And I don't know if I could bring this up and, like, com I don't know if it completely completely ruin, uh, ruin our relationship or if I should just keep quiet and risk, you know, health problems for her and, you know, just a, a, a lie between us the whole time. I don't know what to do. What about uh, give her the nickname Fats? <laughs> I don't know how she'd take that. Uh, yeah, I would just bring it up. Yeah? Yeah, I would just bring it up. I mean, you really love the girl, huh? So far, it's going great. I mean, I could see it going that way. Well, that'd be Which... great. Why don't you just say to her, I love you so far. And so far, I don't want anything to happen to you. And don't waste your money on a buffet with this fucking broad. <laughs> I'll, right. I'd be like this. I'll have, um, I'll have the steak, and let's bring her uh, half a Cheeto. <laughs> Is that good Understood. for you? Uh, all right. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Ronnie. Bring it up to her, man. Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866 Ron, zero Fez, Ron Bennington, Fez Watley on a weekday uh, after a uh, short, short uh, weekend. Uh, X, you were telling me some uh, article came out in um, about the online sta dating sites. Yeah, Gizmodo uh, looked into um, dating, basically dating some I'm Gizmodo. And uh, they, they they analyzed OKCupid.com, and they found out what people lie about most in their fucking profiles and whatnot. And what they lie most about is height. People, men say they're six. Most men say they're six feet or taller. Women like like to be below five foot four. When it's all and and then they analyze saying that uh, people with those height requirements get more dates on, on on generally in the site. And then they figure once the girl shows up, she'll be good and depressed. Yeah. 
Now, I saw somebody I know, actually somebody else's ex, uh, and the girl said, look at this lying fuck. And this guy, who's pretty much uh, a stay-at-home guy, had himself lined up like he was the most active fucker in the world. He's probably taken every activity he's ever done in his life and then put it into this. Like he, it it made it sound like he was jet skiing on his way to a badminton game every single day. Um, Hicks, you've never done any of the online dating? Uh, no, I never fucking join any dating sites or anything. Well, I never get where lying if you can be caught at it. Like, you can't get away with saying that you're taller than you are because you will meet the woman. Yeah. They also said that they also people fly about money, saying that most people say they, like, the majority of people say they make over 100 G's a year when it's like like half of that. But why would you put down on an online dating site how much money you make anyway? I don't think that's the type of thing that would come up at a party. For the gold diggers? I ain't saying she a gold digger. I just never saw what a broke broke. See, I go the AM censored way. Uh, Fez Watley, lapping going down in your head? Um, not, not today, just a little panic attack. I'm sorry. You're panic attacking today? Yeah. I wasn't even aware of it. I was trying, I've been trying to keep it inside, but the room like rushed right at me. That actually happened though. When did the room rush at you? It was um it was right about when we were talking about the um songs and movies. You didn't like the songs and movie bit? No, I liked it. I thought it was good. But it that was about the time that it happened. Any and I, reason? I, I don't know what brought it on. Is it one of those things where you say you don't know much about music? Well, that could be. But I don't know. Just my chest is just a knot. Your chest got nuts today, huh? Yeah. Were you having an overall good morning? Um, it was it was like a regular nervous morning. Mm. I, I was... got stuck on the train uh, for about t- ten fifteen minutes today, where it stops underground. Now, does that part make you nervous? Or are you nervous uh, just because you're late? Um, it's a little bit of both because I don't like to be down there because I just, I want to get out and it's like, I'm just saying under my breath, get out, get out. And the thing just isn't moving and it just feels like it takes forever. You ever bring anything to read or any music to listen to down there? I, I've tried to read things. I can't get my eyes to focus and it's so damn crowded in the morning. That is like you don't have room to pull out like a magazine or anything and, or a newspaper and look at it. You can't even you couldn't even read a newspaper in there this morning. No, no, and I had a newspaper with me. I tried, and you just couldn't even lift it. Is that crowded? Well, it's, well, you can't like open it up. You don't have room to open it up, and then I can't focus on the words anyway when that's happening. So you were pretty freaked out. Yeah. And then I just never kind of got over it? Right. I, th- I thought I was doing all right. I thought I was doing some stuff that I did at the uh, neurolinguistic pra- um, programming guy, uh, practitioner on Friday. What did you, you know? Um, it was like moving the picture mm-hmm. of having a panic picture here and a calm picture here. Here and- a panic, there a calm. Here a panic, there a calm. 
and just sliding through the progression of going from panic to calm to the other uh, picture in my mind? Um, let's go over here. Paul, Paul, you're on Hey, Ronnie, I'm, I'm kind of like you were back in school when, uh, you know, Sundays would come around. I'd get all nervous about Monday because I hate school so much. It seems like Fez is having these uh, attacks that we start on Mondays. I wonder if he's having this Sunday as well, just like kind of like building up for the week ahead. You get a Sunday panic, Fez? Oh, yeah, I had one yesterday. Where so, I was just, um, I just had my head under a blanket forever. Worried about the week? Worried about the panic. That's um, how it yeah. works. It's like the fear of the fear. I really wish that you would go to that fantasy world where I put you asleep, but then you dream like really great stuff. Uh, Bill, you're on Ronnie Fez. Ronnie, I, I thought we was going to make it. He, he just couldn't get all the way through the show without shining the spotlight on his problems, huh? Well, I you, tried, Bill. I you, tried. You were doing pretty good today, Fez. I was really trying, and I didn't even—I couldn't even tell by looking at you today. I just feel incredibly locked up. In a good way? No, in a bad way. Oh, too bad. I thought I was going to puke at one point. Maybe you're anorexic. I don't think I have that problem. I don't know. You've lost a lot of weight lately, and you said that you uh, haven't been trying, right? No. No, you didn't say that. No, I uh, no, I haven't been. <laughs> no, I, I haven't been trying. But you have lost weight, right? Uh huh. Wouldn't that uh, be alarming? Well, yeah, and I, um, you know, and I asked the doctor about it and everything, and he said, "Well, it's," he said, "You really did need to lose it." I'm like, "But this is what happened last time when I had the heart attack." What do you say to that? He was basically telling. He was kind of blowing it off. Hmm. Oh, well, look who it is, Fez, your best friend, Lady Trucker. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, yeah. Lady Trucker. Oh, please hang up. Oh, God, <laughs> it was like having a vacation when you didn't call. Well, you know, the cure for your panic attack is Angry Fez. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you think. Go away. Did you see the video of Angry Trucker, I mean, Angry Trucker, Lady Trucker, uh, going down the water slide? No, I didn't see that. Where was that, angry uh, lady trucker? I would guess the Panama Locks. That's uh, the uh, Flow Riders, the boogie on at the Slitterbound Water Park in New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, you were on that for a hell of a long time. Yeah, well, I got a season pass there, so I'm getting pretty good. Yeah, she was decent at it, Fuzz. Yeah, I'm sure a tsunami is too. All right, lady trucker. Y'all have a good day. Bye bye. Seemed like she was trying to be nice to you today. I don't want her to be nice to me. I don't like her. I would rather she didn't call. I could care less if she got stuck in a water slide. She does not help. Hmm. Uh, Doug, Minneapolis, show my face. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good, buddy. I've I think maybe uh, something that might help Fezzy during his commute is maybe he should try something on the lines of uh, a book on tape. I mean, it really requires very little input on his part. You can kind of drift off and, you know, maybe listen to a good story or learn a language or something I've like been that. in something kind of interesting, too, and these are books on rape. And you're just, you're listening to these rapes take place, and it 
is so relaxing. It's actually uh, soothing? Yeah, it is. Uh, books on rape, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go to Joe. You're on Ron show. Hey, Ronnie B. How are you? Yeah. Just, just a side note. Maybe um, that could be Earl's next book, a photo book on rape. But anyway, I was actually calling... Black Rape Coalition. There you go. Well, that would be a few volumes now, wouldn't it? I've been dying. I wanted us to start plugging uh, Earl's gig. Uh, we really need to start cutting promos, Fez, so we don't forget. There's so much coming up. The cigar contest, the thing for um, Earl. And I'd love for it to have it. Maybe put it over here, and I'll just hit it throughout the show from uh, time to time. Uh, Joe, is some, anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, actually, and I didn't even want to make a joke about it because I called about it last week after Fez flew off the handle. But do you think maybe Fezzy's claustrophobia in elevators and, and trains and, and tram cars has anything to do with feeling trapped in another small location where clothing is generally hung, maybe? Mm, closet. Uh, Brandon, you're running Fez. Brandon. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, Ronnie, what I think is Fez needs to get another job. I mean, he needs to keep himself busy so he ain't thinking about all this shit. I think it's all in his head. Well, obviously, it's all in his head. Right. That's where mental illness takes place. You think you like another, like, after-work job, Puzz? Um, I don't know. I don't do this one very well, so I'm not sure. I'm sure I would just panic somewhere else, too. I just have to try to get this fucking panic under control. It's that bad today, huh? Well, here's the thing. There's nothing... It's bad yesterday. There's nothing panicky happening here today, is there? We're all getting along good. We're almost right? at the end of the show. Yeah. The room just looks weird. Well, the room is weird. We don't have our old studio. Feels like the ceiling's coming down on me. Well, that is happening. So don't think that that's illusion. It's just the ceiling comes down so we have less oxygen. Right. And that helps. When the ceiling comes down this low, it seals the door so we can't get out. Is this the kick? Yeah. Oh, God. Fez is starting to wake. Well, um, were you happier in the old studio? Um, it's hard to remember because I had so many panic attacks there, too. Well, it's very strange. I remember before we left for the old studio, and the one person who was really dragging their feet the most was Opie. And he's like, oh, if we go up in that building, we'll be cut off from the world. And um, I was, you know, to me, a studio is a studio. Uh -huh. I didn't care either way. Now, in hindsight... Hope was completely right, because look at today. Today, of course, little Jimmy Day. Do you remember how many times we'd have these nice parties? There'd be leftover cake. Celebrations would take place. But now that we're up here in the sky, it feels like we didn't put as much into little Jimmy love as we normally did. 
No, there's no, like, titty cakes or anything. We, you know? we would have titty cakes. Now, HR would be up our ass if we had that shit in here. But you can't have it. No. Nope. But you don't, like, it doesn't happen overnight, but eventually it happens. And then that made me think, uh, well, Fez was, you know, yelling at listeners. He never used to do that. Um, let's go to Sandman, Yerman Fez. Hey, Ronnie, sounding great. Uh, Fez, you want to want to ask you, you know, you got those full bars in your pocket, the Xanax. Why aren't you taking them? That's kind of what they're for. Because I felt like I was just getting too downed out taking them before. Well, but they're, they're, was... quick, they're quick acting uh, medicine. So if you if you took them within twenty minutes, you, you, you the panic will go away. But some of that I'll tell you this, Fez. You know what's fast acting? I, what's that? Tenactin. I don't think they were helping either. Tenactin? No, the Xanax. Um. Ed, you're running Fez. Hey, Fezzy, I love you, but I, I think you've started to give my wife panic attacks. She's complaining of rapid heartbeat. She's taking Paxil. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's very rough. You yeah. think, you think Fez is a carrier? I think he passed it on somehow through osmosis through the radio. Well, I guess you can talk people into it. Well, that was never my intention. And I hope your wife feels better. Because this re cause it really does stink. You know what would really help? Do you ever like, take really deep breaths? Of gasoline and just let that in? No. Why not? That'll kill me. Will it or will it work? That works. Often. I think it'll kill me. Why don't you do this? Take short breaths and think about the building falling apart. That's not going to help because I could. That's very easy to picture. Like good, no good. That's uh. I could see it crumbling. Charlie, you're on the Ron Fez show. Ronnie, I called about a story from when the internet first came around in the chat rooms, but I think the topic has changed, and I wanted to bring up. Did you see the preview for the new M Night Shyamalan movie? Where it's actually, I'm not making this up. It takes place in an elevator. Yeah, I have. And there's also, there, I, and no spoilers, but there is an elevator scene in Inception. I was wondering how Fez did, dealt with the, the preview and the that scene in the movie. Oh, that's, yeah, that was uh, Close My Eyes time. Hey, Rob, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Hey, Fez. Uh, you know, Fez, I, I want to make... I want to make sure you feel better too. Uh, I know a lot of callers, you know, feel that way. And, and uh, have you have you changed your diet at all? Um, you know, I've been reading a book, and it's, it's been talking about certain anxiety issues, and, and depending on that, you know, there's certain foods. Right. That yes. Help. Yes. I've tried. Yes. I I deal with my diet. Yes. What about exercise? Have you tried meditation? Yes. And I've tried the exercise, too. That actually ended up getting me more depressed.
Frank, you're on Run Fest. Hey, Frank. Oh, Ron, how you doing? Uh, Fred, a question. Do you get panic attacks when you open up your paycheck? Wait a minute. Open up your paycheck? What year is this? Do you, do you know how much I fucking miss paychecks? Um, the whole thing of, like, taking your paycheck home used to be fucking great. And now... Everything takes place without you. Completely phased out, man. And didn't you guys used to pay, get paid weekly at one point? I don't even remember that, but it depends on your job. Why, is this bi-weekly? Yeah. See, I have nothing to know. On the car lot, I got paid weekly. Very weekly was the joke. Um, and then you would always ask if the checks are in on Friday, too. Are the checks ready? Um... Let's go to Scott, your Memphis. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to tell some of these people out there that are telling Fez to, you know, change his diet, think happy thoughts, and get over it. Fuck off. You know, I've, I've dealt with this stuff for probably 10 years now, and it has nothing to do with a lot of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's something he's going to get figured out. He's getting help for it. He'll, he'll get it right. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. You got it, man. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Yeah. Uh, Nate, Maine, you're on Fez. Hey, buddy. Hey, Fezzy, have you ever tried yoga, you know, to relax you, help with your anxiety? Uh, yeah. I've yoga, Fez? Yep, I've tried some yoga. It just... yoga. How about a piece of cake? You want a piece of cake? It's Jimmy's birthday. Hey, Fez, why don't you have there's, a piece of cake? There's no cake here, sir. Fez, would you we like cake? We just talked about cake. that, asshole. How about cake? Well, what else is on your mind, Fezzy? Nothing? Eh, no, nothing good. They said last month was the warmest June across the planet. Not just uh, in the United States or even parts of the United States. The entire world had the hottest June that, this, that the Earth has ever seen. Well, is that only since we've been recording it? Uh, yeah. I remember seeing some of those dinosaur pictures. It looked hot as fuck. Yeah, so the, yeah, this is the recorded records. So what are we looking like at 100 years? Yeah, I think so. So that doesn't seem quite so scary. Yeah, it just, but it's like when it gets hot like this, like it is in New York today if, or over the weekend, um, it, you, it gets that feeling where... It's never going to cool off again. We're just going to go hotter and hotter. Right, but you know that's just a feeling, right? Yeah, it doesn't even seem like the same place where in a few months you'll be wearing a coat and a scarf. Uh, here's uh, Rorschach. Hey, guys. <clears throat> Boy, I can't... As soon as I called in, I started... My throat started closing up. <clears throat> I had a bad panic attack Saturday night. As usual, I couldn't sleep. Sitting on the edge of my bed, and Fez, I think you can relate to this. The w I looked over to my right, and the wall was up against my face. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. That's what it fe yeah. feels like in here yeah. today. Yeah, it, it it just it freaked me out, and I just I closed my eyes, and it just oh my god, it was a really 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 bad one I had Saturday night. You know, so. What brought it anyway, on? 
I don't know. That's the scary thing. I don't know what brought it on. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh man, listen at me. <clears throat> I yeah. It just it's it's making me uh, choke up now. Even that I talk. <clears throat> that I talk about it. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm with you, Fez. It's oh boy. Thank yeah, you, Rorschach. All right, guys. All right, bye. Uh, Mike, New York, you're on my face. Hello? Yeah. Hey, Fezzy. Uh, maybe you just need to uh, come off all the, the medication and stuff and uh, go away for a weekend, like a retreat, like a spiritual thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, other than the Xanax, I wasn't on any medication. All right, well, I mean, you're going to rely on the Xanax for how long are you going to be doing that? I'm trying not to, sir. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Spiritual retreat can freak you out. Yeah, yeah. Don't be freaked out. You're just going to go away for the weekend with some nice people. That's all. Um, let's go over here to, uh, Jack, Maine, you're on run Fez. Fez, instead of, uh, meditation, how about masturbation? Go away for a masturbation weekend? I didn't know they had those. Mm, I thought that's what the whole new choice was. Chris, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, have you ever tried smoking weed to relieve your anxiety? Or if you have, has it had the opposite effect? Uh, anytime I ever did it, it was opposite effect. Yeah, yeah same here. When do you think the world's going to end? You're talking about this global warming stuff. I was curious. I'm sure it'll end soon. Uh, let's go over here to Sandy. Sandy. Hi, Fezzy. The waitress I was seeing lost her desire for me. What can I do for you, Sandy? I just get a half a gallon of milk and... Just drink an ice-cold glass of water. It'll slow down your heart. I've been drinking water. Thank you. Ice cold, though? Yes, it'll pass. I get them all the time. It's got to be ice cold. Mm. What's cooler than being cool? I don't know. Mm. Archie, you're on the Renifest Show. Dave, Marilyn, you're on a Fez. Yeah, hey, hey, Fezzy. Uh, are you sure your soul isn't torturing you because you deny God? Um, I don't think I want to be involved with a God who's going to punish someone uh, because of that, in that way. If that's, if that's his rules, I'd rather not be part of the whole thing. You all right? Uh, so it's just that, um, yeah, I'm not going to... The, the God who punishes, I just, I, I don't understand that God. Where someone has some questions, you know, someone ha doesn't feel, they're not feeling it, so, all right, I'll bring my wrath down on you. I'll bring disease on you. Uh, Jason, you're on my fist. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Fezzy, first let me say I'm not calling with any advice for you. Just a very small observation. 
Uh, I think in the time that Dave's been gone, there's been a lot more pressure put on you around the show, and I think that's simultaneously a really good thing for you and a bit of a bad thing. There's been some ways you've kind of regressed a little bit, but it's been really cool to see you come alive with trying to get some more bits and stuff, and I think this is going to be good for you, man. you just got to work through it. Well, the how long ago did Dave leave? And this week will be seven weeks. Um... We haven't re-hired anyone else because we've been working on some things about seeing if we could go up um, and get Dave back on the show, which, despite some people who fucking, you know, think they know what they're talking about by sitting back and bitching every fucking day, um, know that I guess you could tell that we've been holding off filling that position. But apparently, still no luck in that. So we may have to shortly fill that position. And then you think that'll give you some relief, Fuzz? Um, I don't know. I, hopefully it'll give Chris Stanley some relief. Well, he's fine. Yeah. He's not panicking. No, he's not panicking, but he's overworked. But handling it. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, hopefully it'll bring some relief. Because when we had Dave, none of this stuff happened. Yeah, I had panic, but not nearly this bad. I don't remember any. I remember every day being a good day for you. Uh, Scott, you're on my face. Hey, Fizz, why don't you just, you should go out and go get yourself a tattoo, you know, a tattoo on your vagina. Any chance of that? No, those are just strictly for cats. TC, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Uh, definitely a big fan. Want you to get better and stuff. And uh, I deal with this, too. And I find that, uh, you know, traveling really helps. It, uh, maybe you just need to get outside in New York. You got some money? Spend it. Go enjoy enjoy the, the world and stuff. Will travel, Fez? I, I, um, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. Cruise I, ship? Cruise ship would be nice. Th that would be nice. I couldn't even get outside the apartment yesterday. What about one of those bus trips to the Berkshires with the old people? That doesn't sound relaxing. Just wondering if everybody's gonna uh, that went to the Berkshires is going to be alive on the bus ride back. And just a bus with old people smell. Doesn't sound like it's the most soothing trip. Wouldn't that just smell like your hamster? Your hamster. I wanted to say ham hamper, but I bet in the watermelon. Um, let's go over to uh, Mark. More advice for the advice doctor. Hello? You there, Mark? Yeah, Fezzy, uh, you say you've tried about everything. Uh, when you get on the tram car and you're getting uh, a panic attack, just get pissed off and just start screaming and everything and everybody around you. I'd love to watch that if I was on tram car. Well, that won't get me locked up too quick. Jack in Georgia. Hey, Fez, uh, why don't you uh, just do us all a favor and go paint a fucking ceiling so that we can get back to some good radio? And how will that help? Uh, it's a thing for suicide. 
He wants a, you to paint it with your blood. Oh, I thought you had to throw in red for that to make sense. Paint the ceiling red. So I did not get it at all. Well, you got it now. Yeah. Who knows? You think about killing yourself? It, it crosses my mind. I've never heard you say stuff like this before. It's been coming out a little more. You talking about dying, but I've never heard you talking about suicide. It just, it just feels like something's going to pop. And I don't know which way it's going to pop. Bill, you're on running Fez. 2975, my buddy. Mm. Fez, how about if you take a nice, relaxing trip to Graceland with Elfish? Yeah, that I've done that before. Not exactly relaxing. It's hard just get, uh, getting Elfish uh, out of the gift shop. And then I did end up sharing a hotel room with him. He woke up. When I woke up... He was passed out and covered in french fries that he had ordered from the hotel bar on my credit card. So it's not exactly the most relaxing time. That sounds like some vacation. Gotta keep an eye on your wallet the whole time. Tony, you're on Fez. Hey, Fezzy. How about taking a trip up the Long Island Railroad out to Sayville? Grab the ferry over to Fire Island, and then get yourself a blowjob out there. Be good. If I do, I'll use you as my travel agent. You got it all planned out. Make sure you do that. Don't go to Blowjob Island and get a fire. Uh, Dax wants to know if you think you're allergic to your cat. Uh, uh, Leslie in, in Jersey. Hey, it's me again. I'm calling to offer Fez my support. Everyone's being so mean to him, and that's not going to help him. No. Yeah. People I, need to be kind. Okay, thank you, Leslie. I appreciate it. I didn't need you to call back with that. Thank you. Okay, but take care, Fez. Bye, thank Ron. You. Yeah. I'll see you later, Leslie. Larry, Iowa. Hey. I was wondering if Fez had an update on that motorcycle deer collision thing that happened in Pennsylvania he was talking about earlier. No, I haven't gotten an update on that yet. Okay, well, I was out of the truck for a little while, and I came, got back in and was listening, and I, I wondered if maybe I missed it. I think the doctor was his mother, and that's why she couldn't operate on him. It's a very tricky scene. Hmm? The accident in uh, Pennsylvania. What happened? The guy who was in a motorcycle accident, he ran into a deer, but yet when they got there, they found him with a gunshot wound in the head and a gun near the scene. Tim and Dover, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, why don't you just bury your face in some man ass? Like I said, I don't enjoy tight spaces.
here's Flay. Flay, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Fez, quick question. I know you don't watch wrestling much, but, you know, wrestling live is always better, and it's a house show. There's always, uh, I think it's coming up September 25th on a Saturday, if you want to go see that in Madison Square Garden. Uh, no, thank you. I'll wait till oh. it, I'll wait till Linda McMahon's Senate campaign is over. That's when I'll start watching again. All right, well, hope you feel better. Thanks, Flea. Sounded like he was asking out on a date. Yeah, not interested in dating Flea. How come? Find him uh, a little on the annoying side. Garth, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez. Hey, uh, why don't you go down to QS for a couple weeks, man? Hey, you can meet somebody in the community, you know, hang out for a little while. Sounds nice if it wasn't already, you know, uh, 100 degrees outside. <laughs> well, I don't blame you, man, but you need a couple weeks of uh, relaxation, dude. And that, that seems like the place to be for you, so. Here's James in Long Island. Yeah, I, I, I think I should think about going to Disney World. Uh, anytime he has, like, a drunken rant, he always talks so fondly at Disney World. I don't recall that. Well, did that bring back a bad memory? No, just I'm talking stupid. What'd you say, stupid? Just I couldn't understand what he was saying. He's saying that when you drink, you always yell out like, "How Florida is the best." It has Disney World. Oh, all right. I didn't understand him at all. You never remember Disney World, right? I remember Disney World. Mm. Here's Pirate Trucker. Hey, Fuzzy. I love you. I think you're going to be just fine. You're, you seem to be riding through this one pretty good. You're getting some good quips in. Um, you're, you're conversing okay. All right, I, thank you. Just reminding me of it really doesn't help. Thank you, though. I have faith in you. Good, good. I'm glad. Hey, you're on the run of this show. Hey, H. Hey. Hey, dude, if this ain't a bitch that y'all are doing, this sucker's going to be coming in there and blowing all y'all away in short order. Was that it, Fez? I have no idea what he's talking about. Why would I want to have the broom shot up? You talk about doing yourself. I mean, you got to go out alone, are you? All right, just, uh... Take us all down. I'm not going to do that. Why not? It's not the right thing to do. So in good or no good, that would be... No good. Coming in and bringing everybody ice cream. That would be good. Coming in and shooting everyone. That's no good. Mike, do you say you're on my Fez? Hey, I, I just want to throw my support behind Fez. Don't change anything. Everything you're doing is right, and it really sounds like you're ready for a long-term relationship. So good luck, buddy. Oh, sure. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Well, Mike. Mike. Oh, I lost him. I want to know why it's not like that. That is one of your dreams, though, right, Fuzz? That would be nice. That would be nice. Someone's going to get a handful, though, with me. S? No, mental problems. Jews? Maybe, um... Jews? What if you do this? What if you start dating somebody who's had experience working with retards. You could even put that into the dating thing. 
I'll have to think some sort of nurse or orderly is actually uh, my lover. And they're just the ones bringing me the meds in the mental institution. Huh? Charles, you're on my face. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Just want to let you guys know you're doing a great job. Treasury, love you. And Ronnie B, can you bring me back my money, please? Somebody bring me back the money, please. Hold on that new shit. Niggas like how come? Niggas want my old shit. Buy my old I don't hear that. It's just a word. So what's the deal today? Patrice said he'd like to join the show? Yeah, he, he was saying that uh, he was saying on O&A today. Yeah, that uh, there's no etiquette of coming on Ron and Fez. Would that make you feel comfortable or less comfortable, Fez? I mean, I like Patrice. That would make me feel comfortable. But wouldn't everybody say since Patrice came in, Fez is talking less? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it, well, it wouldn't matter. I, they'd call up and say bad things about me anyway, whether he was in here or not. It wouldn't matter. Hmm. I think Ron Ron is is uh, should be talked about as one of the best radio people oh, ever, yeah. ever in history. He's fantastic. Ever, but it is, I've never been invited. Been, yeah, I never. I mean, that's why I don't go. You feel self conscious. You don't just walk in. I've never been invited to but do that's a show. That's how he is, though. You just walk in and I then. Know, but you feel I don't know. Ronnie's Ron the type of guy be, that will know. drop everything if one of you guys walked in the door. I he wouldn't, wouldn't even, give a shit. I, if I heard that from it, him, that's I'd how go he does it. I don't know. That's how he does it. If all of a sudden he sees you, he would drop everything and hang out with you for an hour. Easy. I think he want. I think he interviewed me for something I did on XM. Uh, what the uh, unmasked? Yeah, I think he. I think I think that, he that be, fucking... to be a, to one of the great radio people ever. Just in terms of his knowledge, is he's he's great. I think he's great. Unmasked should be on TV. It should be easily. Yeah, but it's again. I think he's too like easily. we was talking about. It's just you. You would hope there's a market for uh, people who just kind of that's a no brainer. Kind of tell it. I don't know why that's not on TV. Someone should pick that up in a second. But Biography he should, he should be on Something. on TV. Everybody should be. Look, let me say something. I'm not going to sit there and take shit from these guys like this. I don't have to listen to that garbage about me all day. I didn't even get it. Even Jimmy thinks that he's not invited. Yeah. I'm not the inviting type, though. Opie's exactly right. I don't really have a set format if anybody wants to come in. But, you well, know, those guys are ONA's comics. I wouldn't. I can start sending out evites. I guess a nice evite might go. You have one? Of, it's like a rainbow bear or something. Yeah, I can work something out. Um, so there you go, Fezzy. That's got to make you feel better. Yeah, I mean, it's very nice that people want to come by. Uh, Richie, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, uh, Mr. V. Uh, hey, Fezzy, listen. Uh, just, just a thought. You know, these people that are saying things like paint the ceiling red and all that shit, um... Don't listen to that crap, dude. You're you're an excellent talent. You know that you are. Uh, you just gotta put yourself in a positive frame of mind. Thanks, I'm Richie. I appreciate it. Take care, buddy. Hey. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Richie. I appreciate it. I think we'll end the show on that today.
Oh, that is it for us. One thing we're going to try to do is get Fez settled down, though. You don't even know what causes this, huh, Fez? No. Just that it's Monday. Seems like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. By the way, that guy was in here today from Office Space. Did he do an O&A show? I didn't hear him on there, no. You know the guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. What kind of fucking thing is he selling that he wouldn't do O&A or us? I don't know. What is Liam doing? Is Liam trying to lead everybody away from 202? I don't think so. Liam does have a booking. He said his cousin would be great for the show. All right, when you get that production done, Fez, where we push those things. Okay. So we don't have to worry about doing it on a daily basis. All right. Because you're too caught up with all this other stuff, right? Sorry. Yeah. You don't have to be sorry. We're all in here together. So for me, Patrice, Jim Norton, Voss, Jim Jeffries, um, and of course Bobby Kelly, we're all in here together. Everybody's invited. Everybody's invited. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey, that's the end of my show. Talk. Satellite of love. Satellite.